Warning, spoilers inbound for the round four matches. To avoid these spoilers, please fast forward to the three minute and 51 second mark. Hello and welcome to the Gossip Stone Podcast, where we cover the Ocarina of Time randomizer. We focus primarily on the racing competitive scene, as well as various other related topics for the community as a whole. I'm Emo Soda. Today I'm joined by my co-host here, Chimpan Reeve. Hello, everyone. As well as a special guest on this episode. You may have seen him on a previous episode covering... Virtual console versus emulator differences. That was last February, if you can believe it. We got back season four competitor. And I think, what is it? Top six now in season four tournament. We got the salty sponge on today. How are you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm guaranteed top three at this point. It's like about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget also SGL champ, right? You know, we can't, can't, leave, can't we leave that out of the accolades was so long ago but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah got a good yeah, it's pretty funny too right uh yeah you're an sgl champ but so is your next opponent coming up and what the hell's happened gonna be such a good match i'm um, definitely excited for it yeah i think everyone is but before we get to that uh today we're going to be talking about season four brackets as well as the challenge cup bracket reveal at the very end of the episode um so just a nice little bracket update here. We're down to only 11 people at the start of round four. In the winner's bracket, we've got What the Hells versus Ryu Kane. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> I can tell I just spoiled it. <laughs> but, uh, we also have PKR versus the Salty Sponge. Um, also a spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, whatever. In um, loser's bracket, though, we got Cariosa versus Marco, Fanta versus Zupal, uh, Mr. Mario versus FMZ. And we were supposed to have Holy Spark versus Ronnie, but unfortunately, due to cheating accusations, uh, Ronnie got sent through uh, automatic to the next round. So, yep, it's technically, uh, I think it was Riley versus F. Uh, F- what was the next match for Riley after that? Yeah, in round five, uh, FMZ versus Riley. Uh... Nice. Yeah, cool. So, more spoilers, but yeah. <laughs> got yeah. Sent automatic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a spoiler cast. Well, <laughs> we should, I mean, the match is what, over. What we'll do is we'll re record this at the end of this and be like, hey, massive spoilers. Click to 304 in the podcast to avoid everything we just said. Yeah, that's actually a good <laughs> idea. We did. I yeah. mean, yeah. That's we'll do that. That sounds fine. But either way, Riley got an automatic buy, and that's that. And to start us off here, we got Salty Sponge here. Um, Yeah, your match against PKR. How how did that go? Uh, This is a really fun one. So 
we i guess the big thing for the beginning of the game was the fact that we started our spawn as child was on the fortress side of valley so we were on the other side of the bridge as a child which meant that if we found the kokiri sword we could logically kill the gerudo guard and fix the bridge for gtg and that ended up being logically required in the seed which I've only ever seen one other time in S4 settings for the months and months we've been playing. So that was pretty cool. But other than that, uh, Adult Spawn was Fields from Lon Lon Ranch, which was honestly, a lot of people were talking about that being a bad spawn, but I actually like that spawn a lot because it gives you quick access to both Market and CAC, and you don't have to worry about time of day shenanigans at all. Um... So the big part about the early game that had us divert our routes is the fact that Skull Mask had a bow. The hint was sitting outside Temple of Time, and I decided I was going to uh, go to Lan Lan Ranch to try and get ZL, potentially, before trying to get that bow. And I ended up getting a bow on Talon's Chickens. So I knew I didn't have to do Skull Mask, while PKR decided to go to CAC first to pick up the Keaton mask, which, you know, it's it makes sense. It's a good play, but it just didn't end up working out in that respect. And so uh, because of PKR's routing, they ended up missing time of day for Lon Lon. So they had to like go to Valley and then head back to Lon Lon Ranch later when it was daytime. And so because of their choices of routing uh, compared to mine, uh, I was able to, when I went to the well, it was before I went to Kokiri Forest as a child. So when I got the Kokiri sword in the well, it was very, very good for me because it meant that I could be efficient, even though Deku was a stone. So when I went into Deku at that point, uh, when, when PKR went to Child's Kokiri Forest, they didn't have the Kokiri sword, whereas I did. So when I cleared Deku, I found both Iron Boots and the Boomerang. The Iron Boots didn't mean too much because both scales were easily available, but the Boomerang ended up being a massive advantage for me, especially in the late game, because PKR went to the well after Child's Kokiri Forest and decided that they weren't going to go back and do Stone Deku, which makes sense. It's just unfortunate that that's the way that it worked out. And so, and then, also, I got bailed out massively with Magic and Furore's Wind in Jabu. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. When that, when that came up, I was like, oh, my lord, the usefulness of that is going to be absolutely incredible, this seed, and it really was. Especially with uh, Requiem on OOT, it means that if you want to check spirit logic, you can just walk on over and, you know, put FW in there and you don't have to worry at all about getting locked out. Yeah, the fact that it was in one spot too, right, for Magic 4 Auras is just so huge. Like, it doesn't matter which location it was, just if that happens in a seed, you're just kind of fist pumping, right? Like, <laughs> you can yeah. just zip around all over the place at that point. Yeah, especially how early it was. And as Sponge says, like, any seed where you need to cross the desert, just having for all's win, not even for just spirit, but also for GTG, just 
just having that early and having that as an asset is just absolutely massive. It can save you like what five minutes comfortably, you know, and that and that's on an average seed. If you have to cross the desert, you can come up with some sh- shenanigans where it can save you like ten minutes if you're if it's really the worst of the worst. So yeah, massive boon that. Yeah, and it was it, it did come in handy. I definitely got my use out of it. And oh, yeah. they happened to be in the one location that PKR couldn't access because they didn't have the boomerang. Which was <laughs> extremely lucky. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you do have to have that luck factor to win races. Uh, I mean, it, it does play a part in it at the very least. So, um, I mean, you you set yourself up well for it, though. At the same time, so it's not it's not all complete luck, you know. Yeah, yeah I was uh I was thinking about efficiency when I decided I was going to the well before going to Kokiri, specifically in the event that the well would have a child item like Kokiri sword or Ruto's letter, you'd want to get that before going to the location where you would need that item. So it's, yeah, it's lucky that I got rewarded as much as I did, but the fact that I even had the boomerang at all going to Jabu is a, is a, a factor of, I guess my routing theory per se, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, it, in what circumstances would you have, like, hard-rushed the bow on Skull Mask? Obviously, it's not, like, necessary as a child, so you could potentially pull, like, wait a little bit to see if you run into another one. Is that the sort of thinking you had with that bow? Um, Actually, the reason I didn't hard-rush the bow is because uh, we started with Storms. And I knew, okay, half of the, the well is open. And if I'm going to go get the Keaton mask, I don't have Nocturne. I don't know where my child's spawn is. Mm-hmm. And I don't have an easy way back to market. So if I... I can't just save for it because then I might end up in Garuda Valley and I might miss time of day for Lanlan. I can't... I don't have Nocturne and I don't know where Nocturne is. So... If I'm going to walk to CAC, I'm going to want to do the well at the same time. Yeah. Because it's massive, and we started with Storm, so half of the dungeon is fear, fear zero. Mm-hmm. So that that was my philosophy. It was less not wanting to rush the bow and more wanting to make sure that when I went to CAC for the first time, I can do as much as is reasonable for the seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But I guess in uh, in terms of bailout, sort of the next session section kind of went the other way around in a sense with what PKR did off <laughs> DC. If you want to just go through that next bit, yeah. So PKR did they? She ended up doing DC before me, but I had an entire Jabu up on PKR. So mm-hmm. until she found the boomerang in Deku, at this point, I had a lead. Uh but. She having this the way of the heroes scale from chickens that I didn't have, she knew that turning in the letter was in logic. So she went to Ice Cavern well before I did, and she got a hook shot in the compass chest, the second magic in the last chest in Ice Cavern, yeah. and Minuet, which is basically yo, go beat forest, get out of here, what are you doing? And uh, I didn't find that hookshot for a while. Yeah, 
We were quite surprised. Well, I say we. I was quite surprised with how early PKL went ice. It seemed it seemed like there were potentially better options, um, but ultimately it absolutely paid out. And you know that that hook shot was something that I think for the rest of the seed, everyone was like, "Oh my god, when the hell does Sponge get that hook shot?" And it lasted like that lasted an incredibly long time. <laughs> It was over two hours when I picked that hook shot up because I was uh, I was thinking uh, we had a way of the hero Ganon's castle and I can do everything but light trial. So when I got access to Ganon's after I beat DC because, you know, DC Jabu uh, two medallions, uh, I I went in there. I did everything, including spirit trial without a hook. And I didn't find anything, so I knew, okay, strain three is required. That was like, that, I felt like that was my best play, because Ice Cavern still wasn't in logic for me. I didn't have a bomb bag, and I didn't have a scale. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to, well, Ganon's was way of the hero, so I'm gonna do that, even if it's not in logic. But after that, I'm gonna stick to logic, just, you know, so I don't waste time doing something like Ice Cavern, if if bomb egg's going to be late. So then I had GTG way of the hero as well. So I'm like, okay, well, this is way of the hero. Let's, let's go check it. Maybe there's an early bomb bag in GTG. That's kind of what I was thinking when I went over there. I'm like, okay, if there's an early bomb bag, like I'm expecting, I can just do hookless and clear the whole thing. And so I went over to GTG and it cleared as much as I could. And all I found was the lens on the BMOS chest specifically, which is bomb locked, and I didn't have a bomb bag. So I was I'm like, okay, this there's no way that this is all that's here. Like there's gotta be some sort of bomb bag, but there ended up not being anything else in there that I could check because I didn't have a way to do hook shotless. So question something I want to pick your brain about a little bit. Because I've I've seen Quite a lot of races now where runners go to GTG without a hook shot it's become fairly commonplace, I think, in season four. Now, half the runner, uh, half is probably a, 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 an overestimate, but a lot of the runners I've watched recently have not opted to do hook shotless when given the opportunity. That's either with or without bomb bag. What are your thoughts in general on hookshotless GTG? Is there like specific scenarios where you avoid doing that, like potentially just logic shenanigans, or like just what are your thoughts about doing that when you get into GTG? I think hookshotless GTG more often than not is the correct play because if you don't have, I mean, GTG is one of the worst dungeons to get back to if you don't have Ferrora's Win. You either have to play Requiem and run back to the wasteland for two minutes. Or you need to play Serenade and use Epona, or you know, save warp to Temple of Time if that's your spawn. Like there's there's so many ways to lose time walking back to GTG. And it's so it's very rare that you're only gonna find one item in GTG. And even if you don't have a hookshot, chances are if you're already in Fortress to begin with. If the seed logically expected you to come there early, like let's just say you go to Fortress and you get like hammer on horseback archery, and that's like your first logic. Like if you have bombs, you should do hookless there because if you're there early in the seed, you don't want to have to make the choice to come back here. Like when the 
it's a, like when it's a lot muddied. Like even if you find a hook shot in hookless GTG, great. You just found the one of the most annoying items in the game to find. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that answers that nicely. Thanks. So I ended up crossing in this match and got strength three from Colossus Fairy, which I'm like, oh, okay, that's huge. Like, I'm not sure what the logic is exactly, but there's probably a hookshot in Light Trial. That's what I was thinking. Um, so I go into Spirit Temple, uh, and I'm I'm hoping, like, okay, hoping AD isn't required, but. One thing that I didn't realize at the time during the match, but I realized afterwards, is that AD was never required this seed. And that's because of our child spawn. Because if you open the gate as an adult, you can cross the wasteland as child to get to Spirit Temple. Wait, how? Uh, if, you, if you open the gate as an yeah, adult. How, pick, how do you get across the wasteland without hovers or a long shot? I'm pretty sure there's a way to do it. I I heard there was a race way back when where uh, we spawned in Gerudo Fortress as child, and uh, Daisy Fan actually like it was we were key locked out of spirit, so it was quote unquote AD. But Daisy Fan didn't do AD. Like they they cross as child. Like I, I'm. I'm pretty certain that there is a way to do it. I'm not oh, like 100%. Okay. For a second, I wasn't sure if we were talking like logically or whether we were talking just like technically, I guess on an execution level that is possible, but I guess logically it's still not. No, like, it's, yeah, it's not logically possible. it was still okay. AD, but, yeah. I, th yeah, I thought you were yeah, saying yeah, it's yeah, logically. I, I yeah, like, for a second no I was way. like, wait, wait, did <laughs> no, I miss no, that like, too? 100% <laughs> if you're key locked, the game thinks you need Requiem. <laughs> yeah, but, no, yeah, just for a second, yeah, I was like, Child across Wasteland with these sayings. Oh my god, this is this is euphoria. I've never thought of this. <laughs> never thought no. of that, yeah. But but uh, it is possible. I'm sure. Yeah, it's yes. possible. Uh usually you don't see it unless you're playing random settings, but and even there, it's pretty rare. Um, but you just you can use the same thing that you use to cross the the gap without hovers or long as as adult. Um, there is a, a method that I use to see up, but you just look on like the left hand side facing wasteland. You just back walk and then you hop uh, at a certain point, and it's just as easy as that. I mean. Oh. <laughs> in my head i was like wait it's because that, that's like that's called naked wasteland right that's what people yeah are yeah, oh, yeah naked child wasteland wait no no let's not call it naked child wasteland. <laughs> 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 the worst name forever <laughs> the worst name in existence god <laughs> oh, we'll go no. with no items child wasteland yeah i think that's yeah. safer <laughs> less likely to get the gossip stone podcast taken down off air <laughs> So yeah, that's actually uh that would that's actually a pretty significant fact because at the time if I was hard key locked, I would end up ended up doing Baron Stone Shadow to get Requiem when it wasn't even required at all. So it, I, I think it's good that for future race races I have that in the back of my mind now that that's an option. It's a shame because I think no one else would have thought of this. Like, well, I say no one else. They'd be like toxic in chat it's like oh they should just reverse his child um but most people <laughs> would be like oh what are they doing oh my god this is genius this is the best thing i've ever seen and then the, the entire chat would pop off yeah so, yeah <laughs> that, that'd be pretty hyped to see 
okay. So moving on in the match. Uh, so PKR w- went to GTG. I-, I ended up clearing as much of Spirit as I could, but I didn't have a hookshot or hover boots, so I couldn't get to Twinrova. Uh, when PKR went to GTG, she had that hookshot from Ice Cavern, so she was able to clear much more than me and found the long shot in gtg in the fire enemies chest so if i had had a bomb bag or the hover boots i would have been able to get that as my first hook shot so hookless gtg wins again but mm. unfortunately i didn't have a bomb bag uh so i checked light trial after doing spirit and hover boots were in light trial right next to the hammer so the hammer was useful because i needed it but hovers was actually huge because it meant that the only way to get that strength, because Requiem was on OOT, was to have the long shot, which the only items I was missing at this point were hook shot and long shot. So that was, was huge for narrowing down where my last two items could be because I knew, okay, like anything like blocked by crossing the wasteland is immediately dead can't have anything i need so you know any checks that i left behind in spirit temple gone like anything long shot locked so after that i went fire which got me a scale my first scale in the the bombable chest in the lava room and after doing fire, that's when I finally went to ice and got my lo- my hook shot a little after the two hour mark. So it, almost an hour between PKR finding her hook shot and me finding my first. But I uh, before I committed to ice cavern, because for me, it was still out of logic. Um, I saw a lot of people in chat when I was watching the match back questioning, oh, why is he? uh why is he leaving Ice Cavern? He's right there. And my philosophy was Chickens was my last in logic check. There was <laughs> nothing else in my game that could tell me what to do next. And so when I went into Ice Cavern, I'm like, okay, this can all be bullocks. This could be nothing. This could be a waste of time. Chickens is guaranteed to tell me what is or isn't available chickens can be my hookshot and first bomb bag could be in forest temple for all i know which is forest temple would be completely in logic at that point so i decided okay i'm going to save an ice cavern check chickens and chickens will tell me where my hookshot is if it isn't my hookshot period so i went and i go and do chickens get the scale that pkr had and then I'm like, okay, well, now I have to check Lab Dive because I don't have a hook shot. And first hook could be on Lab Dive, I guess. But that's that would be bomb locked. But like, I'm just going to check it just to be 100% sure that I'm not like a dingus here. And Lab Dive had nothing. So I reset and scummed the entire age change, which was nice because now I end up right back in Ice Cavern. I'm like, okay, this is... This is my only in logic area. This is where my hookshot is. It looked cool as fuck too. We all we all enjoyed that scum. I love messing around. Time. Yeah. Cause I don't think I had an easy way back adult. I didn't have Serenade or Prelude, I think. 
the big thing about age scums like that, you have to know what play you're making before you make it. Like mm-hmm. you have to be laying out your options in front of you and like why you're scumming the age is really important generally. Um, but like I've seen it a lot before, mostly only for like treasure chest game. If that's like your only thing left is child, for example, you just go back and do it real quick, reset, boom, you're back adult. Rather than having to walk back to Temple of Time if you don't have Prelude or uh, or what what have you. So uh, for like kind of a, a long child segment though, it can be a huge time sink um otherwise. Yeah, for sure. All right. So PKR actually beat me to five meds by about three minutes. But PKR was in a worse position, in my opinion, than I was. Because I had knowledge as to where my long shot could be. I knew that there are certain checks that can't have my long shot. Whereas PKR had the entire game open. It's kind of like a repeat of what happened in my match against Marco earlier in the tournament. Where I knew that everything ZL locked was dead. Meanwhile, Marco had the entire game open. So it it was kind of fortunate for me that that ended up being my go mode. But I think that I played it well enough to the point where it made more sense for that to be my go mode. And so PKR needed to get the boomerang in the basement of Deku, which would require an age change and with no easy way back adult from child that wasn't very compelling to do so. So it's the seed just ended up being I was able to get back to GTG before PKR was able to get to Deku. And so really going to bottom of the well before uh, Kokiri Forest as a child is what won me the seed pretty early on. Yeah, it really set up the, as you say, the just the rest of the routing and tied in quite nicely. And yeah, with that go mode item, like you said, being being the, the long shots up, just the fact that it eliminates so many things and PKR is just like, well, I, Boomerang is just the Boomerang. It's one of those items that literally could be anywhere because most of the time, Boomerang, Mirror Shield and stuff like that don't really lock logic behind them. So, yeah, just... Uh, and let's not forget, <laughs> with without the Boomerang, PKR still didn't have Furore's Wind at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a, a, real, a real kick in the teeth, that one. But yeah, it was pretty huge. And yeah, as you say... Great routing overall. And I think what was most impressive from my perspective and something we've already dabbled upon is just the the knowledge of and it like taking in the Marcos match as well. Just the knowledge of okay, this is entirely dead. That is dead. This area is dead. Like you said, everything behind ZL is dead in, in Marcos match because of the the hovers and stuff. And it was like you can tell, and you know, I'm not just trying to buff you up because you're on the, the podcast. But you can tell that you've got really, really great intelligence for the way that the rando works and the way that the logic is laid out. And it's visibly obvious that you understand what's going on as it happens. And it's just really great to watch. Most of the time. Sometimes the logic gets very convoluted, like <coughs> left side maze. <coughs> String two. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but most, yeah, most of the time, I, I do do a good job at keeping up with that although it's tough to it's tough to hit the nail on the head every time but it, it's very fun to decode 
logical messes like that especially because i know we we joke about s4 mode a lot where you got everything open you got no direction for your last item i like situations like that where it's like it's not s4 mode because you know like okay spirit's dead deep fire is dead because that can't have my long shot like it's cool when your options get narrowed down a little bit because of your understanding of the logic for sure being able to eliminate deep fire in any seed is always a win as well. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you end up finding long shot um, at go mode at 242. And yeah, that took you to a well deserved win. Technically, an upset because of seeding. Um, you know, I dare say many people would have had you win this match if uh, we were to poll the, the viewers as such. Um, but yeah, as I say, technically, it was an upset. PKL was second seed heading from the quals. And yeah, knocked her down to the loser's bracket. Yeah, no disrespect to PKR at all. She is, she's a grinder, and I respect that because I'm a grinder. And grinders get good very quickly, so I'm not surprised at all that she's made it this far in the tournament. Hmm. I got two questions. Um, just kind of general thoughts, even just for both of you or all three of us. Um, we're getting pretty close to the end of season four as, as far as the tournament goes. And so these specific settings, we might not play on this exact uh, pair of settings that, that are enabled for the tournament. So I want to know, what do you think of closed Deku? Because we have the weeklies now being open Deku and four med bridge. It, it's diverting a lot uh, in terms of where we're at with these season four settings um so so what do you think of open deku and then also how do you value bomb the well just generally um i'll go first because my opinion is gonna be less important here uh open <laughs> deku is not something i enjoy i prefer much prefer closed um i do absolutely accept that it does add another item which essentially has led to people you know saying oh it's just a casino because there is that extra item to find now um, it, it does limit your sphere zero checks and it means that you could have, to have more end game things to chase. But for me, the start of the game was what felt so stale. So any opportunity to in, uh, sort of make the start of the game better for me was the, the right option. And close Deku for me was, was that, you know, it was, it was such a good change in combination with a lot of other things that would change. But yeah, for me, I really enjoyed close Deku. And I guess bottom of the well, um, despite it being, uh, I guess, a, a big meme in the community of, oh, it's just going to be bait. I, I, I tend to do the well, if, it's, if I have either one of bombs or ZL, I will do the well when I first get access to it. But if I don't have either of those things, I will probably wait until I get one. I will never, I'll never really push the well until I have at least bombs, bomb shoes, or Zelda's lullaby. That makes sense. I, I actually, when on the topic of bottom of the well, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the people who say that it's a meme for, like, oh, it's it's always dead. Like, you just remember the times that you go in there and you don't find your item. It's, I mean, it's, it's just more annoying. Surprise, ultimately, yeah. it's not, <laughs> I dare say most people also rush for the well. <laughs> yeah, recently, yeah. the memes. The the thing about the well is that it, it it depends on how the how your position is because if you end up saying okay, like like for example, if let's just say 
we start with let's just say in my mattress is PKR. We start with Storms and in CAC is Zelda's lullaby. Like you can pretty much infer at that point that Skull Mask is a bow. You can infer that like 80% of runners are gonna walk straight to CAC when they go child. And you're gonna do the well, because even if you don't have explosives, it you're only missing two checks and you could just find bombs in there. So even if the well has nothing, you can reasonably conclude that this is a play that most people are going to make. So you're not going to lose, you're not going to lose any time on it. You might, you might be a little annoyed because there was nothing in there. But I think that more often than not, you don't actually lose like any time by going into the well. In fact, most of the time you lose more time by, by putting it off. I, I guess it just, it's just, if it makes sense to do at the point you're at it's going to make sense for other people as well and that's really the important thing because you don't lose time if your opponent does the same barren area as you that's the kicker especially in a 1v1 and uh for deku i i'm you know originally i was like chimp and that i wanted to make it close because i was tired of doing three song to deku every single seed and i was worried that Opening Deku would just mean that no matter where you are with the random spawns, you'll always just rush Deku. But I don't think that's actually the case. Because with random spawns, you're still you're still not going to go directly to Deku. I mean, you'll always route towards song locations. And Kokiri Forest is a song location, because you have to walk up to Meadow. So it's not like you're going to deprioritize going to Kokiri Forest anymore. You're just going to get a dungeon done while you're there. So I, I'm actually kind of warming back up to open Deku again, be, just because, like, thinking about other players in the community, I, I like the fact that for newer players or players who just want to have a little bit more fun, that there's more condensed Sphere Zero checks available for them in Deku, so that like maybe there isn't like a huge bottleneck because it can honestly I've seen it myself. It can be really disheartening to watch a new player like who is like very clearly new to the game, tr like doing their first race, like struggle in S4 mode, just clearing location after location after location because. As a as a top player, it doesn't affect me that much to have to do several locations because I can do them very quickly. But a newer player who might not be up to date with strats, like to be honest, if you if we could if we could cut that down for those players and make the experience a little bit more fun, I, I think it's worth the the meta implication, to be honest, because I don't even think rushing Deku is that powerful. I think you'll route towards Deku for sure. Like, I don't think there's any question that you won't. But I don't think it just becomes stale, boring, the same exact checks for 40 minutes every seed like we saw in Season 3. I think Free Zelda and Random Spawns has changed that. So I, I think I've warmed up to the idea of keeping it open. But, you know, whatever works, works in the end. We're definitely still looking for what we think is the best balance of settings to make it as competitive but as fun for both top players and new players as possible yeah that's fair like all i will add is that i've not actually played random spawns with open deku 
Um, so I don't know what it feels like in terms of that sort of rush Deku meta that you mentioned. Um, so like I, I, I will easily admit that I could be swayed depending on how it plays. And as you say, if Deku isn't it powerful as people say and skipping it is still viable and all that jazz, then yeah, sure, it might still be absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, I, I largely agree with most of the things you said there in regards to the meta and just in general enjoyment. Yeah, so it was actually kind of funny. Uh, the first weekly that the settings changed to include Open Deku as well as Formed Bridge, <laughs> you like start in Kakuri Forest. Like, okay. The first hint, or it was like uh, Lost Woods from Kakuri or something like that. The first hint stone that you ever read is going to be the one in Kakuri Forest outside of the Lost Woods entrance. And it says, Deku, ba- Deku tree is barren. <laughs> you don't need to go there. <laughs> And I it was a stone it, too, yeah, so like there's no items in there at all, just not um, even a bomb chew, like and so that was kind of funny to see, but um having played what, like two or three, I think, of the four or so that we've tried it on the weekly settings, it doesn't feel bad with random spawns. It feels okay. Kind of like Sponge is saying that you route towards it. It depends on where you are, it depends where your spawn is. Uh, it's a great spot to go get items especially considering you already start with deku shield nuts and sticks that was like the biggest drawback to rushing deku in season three is you had to rupee farm if you didn't get enough money if you don't have enough money do you really spend the extra time getting all this stuff just to go to deku Eh, i mean so so for that it it gets a lot easier just to rush it in general um kind of a fan of the kakuri sword though i don't know it's i like having a lot of the items be useful in some capacity. So when the change was made from um, that you need the Kakuri sword, like logically to do like fishing, for example, um, I don't know. I was kind of sad. And then once you didn't really need it at all, it's like, okay, why do we even have this in the game? Right. So just, just from like a game design perspective, like having fire arrows be worth something, you know, um, I think adds a lot of, enjoyment at least for me but i think it's played it just like just fine either way so like i could take it or leave it it doesn't really matter for me um i think there's like bigger bigger picture stuff that kind of matters more but um bomb the well the earlier you do it the better it is and in my opinion like it just if you have all the items to do it it's just arguably the best location in the game depending on where you are on the map so um i don't know definitely a bottom the well fan though that makes sense. Yeah. One last question, then I think we should move on to the rest of the, the uh, yeah. matches as to not have this one match last an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, thoughts, and this was, this was a seed where it technically could have been done, and I've seen lots of other seeds in Season 4 where this could have been done. Thoughts on Hookshotless Spirit? Um... Uh... That's actually a really good question because there's a couple of people I know that know how to do hookless spirit strats, but it's a very specific scenario. You need magic, you need Furore's Wind, and you need Hover Boots. Yes. And the reason I say magic and Furore's is because in order to do hookless spirit, you need to walk back to the top. There's no easy way back. Yeah. You need to walk back to the top and do the maneuver from the top. In this seed, you technically had all of those things. You had your... Even though... Hovers were, you know, technically you had to leave Spirit first to go get your hovers, but your Furore's Wind was in Spirit, if I remember rightly. Yeah, uh, it was up at the top. Yeah. So technically, 
you had everything you needed to do it. And I was curious. I didn't think you would, but I was curious as to whether we'd finally see our first on-screen hookshotless spirit. And I was genuinely like wondering what your thoughts on when it's viable um, versus sort of like why you shouldn't do it, if that makes sense, and if you had an opinion. Yeah, I, I think that there's only one situation that where it's viable, and that's you have five meds, spirit's your last med, and you have the light arrows already. Because, and you don't have, obviously, and you don't have a hookshot, where literally beating Twin Rova lets you beat the game. That I think that is the only situation in which hookless spirit is viable. I, I think that if you're going for it, if you're if you're going for it for style points, like obviously good on you. I love me some style points. But it's I mean, in the seed against PKR, I needed two hook shots no matter what. So what am I gonna do hookless spirit for like two minutes? Probably fail it more than once, and then like just find a hook shot after that I could have used that that I that I need to find. It's not like I can skip it. Water's a medallion, so like most of the time, it's a worthless trick to know because it's not even going to be useful to you to know it. It's not even going to be optimal to do it. Literally, it's that one specific scenario where it's useful to you, and most of the time, it, it's not even going to be your last medallion because you have you know, Shadow Temple or Forest Temple as a medallion, and you can't get past the hookshot requirement, even though you can in Shadow, but that's also ridiculous. And, like, it's such a niche-specific scenario that I honestly, I would be surprised if we see it, like, more than once in competitive play, like, ever, that in which it's actually optimal to do it. I guess... What it could have done this seed, and you know, obviously, feel free to tell me this wasn't really a viable thing, is what it could have done is essentially give you your Feral's Wind back. So obviously you had it in spirit, you know you're not getting Requiem outside of some utter nonsense shenanigans. If you would have just gone and done Hookshot of Spirit, you would have then had access to Feral's Wind again, which you could have then used to save a little bit more time, you know, potentially time that would have that you wouldn't have gained with just getting a hook shot and going back. Is that still completely unviable, completely not a thing that you would have done? Um, yeah, I don't think that the value that Feroar's Wind brings you is worth doing an extremely difficult trick to go out of logic to get to, to skip a hook shot that you need. I think that in the end... 99 times out of 100, you're still better off waiting for a hook shot in that specific situation. Mm. It's just, if I was like 100% confident I could nail it every time, no questions asked, like I'm literally a robot, then you know what? Maybe from a theoretical perspective, it is worth it to do it in that situation. But I'm not a robot. I if if I'm going for that, I got I gotta know I'm gonna hit it first try because otherwise you're just wasting time at that yeah. point. That's the way yeah. I see it. That's fair. I didn't really have an opinion on. It. I was just generally curious as to what someone with a very high skill threshold would have thought about um, the opportunity to use it and whether it's actually a viable strat or whether, as as you say, just like one of those one in a thousand uh, 
things that might come up useful, but generally it's just not really a thing that people should focus on. I think that's a fair answer. Yeah, that's the way I see it. I think you could even extend that to people that are in like Challenge Cup, people that are just in general, just in racing. Um, you have to know where you are execution wise and if like kind of like sponge is saying if you can't get something first try in, in a competitive match it's maybe not the best thing to, to shoot for i mean obviously it matters in context too but um just in general i think it's a pretty good tip takes me back to that time that i learned lensless wasteland during a race <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time that was the that was the, the the only race that I could have ever potentially beaten Marco, but I didn't know Lenses Wasteland, so I lost to Marco. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, good times! All right, so Sponge will be moving on to the semifinals of the tournament against one of the next two players. Next round four winners bracket matches: What the Hell's versus Ryu Kane. Um, this is kind of a clear cut kind of a seed almost. Um, it is pretty linear in terms of what happened. And it all comes down to the first bomb bag, which was on Kakuri sword chest. Now, it's just one of those races where one person, I'll give you two guesses who took an early lead and stayed in the lead for the entire race. Not really dropping a beat here. There was an early hint for OT was Nocturne, so, well, it's all dungeons, I suppose. Ryu ended up getting distracted by the hint and warped out of Lost Woods without doing Kakuri Forest. What the hells found the bomb bag on the Kakuri Sword Chest, and then that was begin- the beginning of the end for Ryu, unfortunately. Uh, what the hells didn't make any mistakes, really, didn't n- didn't do any major area that wasn't required. Um, so Ryu just didn't have a chance to catch up here it was kind of as, as simple as that i mean there's an early mirror shield from lost woods bridge scrub uh, what the hell's also got a boomerang from Mido's. they both went adult did a got opponents from windmill uh magic from impus cow and dins from dampe race ryu was also the first to have dins and magic so he checked composer grave for zl uh or not for zl but zl was in child sfm so that's how you could check that and found song of storms and 10 shoes and with the bomb bag, what the hells went up to DMT to Dongo's Cavern. Meanwhile, Ryu chose to go back and full clear the well. Um, really, all of this didn't matter for the most part. Eventually, flash forward in the seed here, Ryu was about 20 to 30 minutes behind due to the late bomb bag. And he decided to stick to progression and he skipped GTG. What the hells was still missing several items and had the bomb bag. And so it was available job uh, available dungeons being speared in Jabu. It thought that it, it was kind of unlikely to have them. So he opted to clear GTG just because of this. And he found the hover boots on the left side and GTG maze, which put crossing in the wasteland into logic. It was also vanilla Requiem. So both runners were expecting to find at least one key on the child side, which I think boss key was there. And there's also a hammer on adult climb. So it, really all of this just kind of cascaded into a huge advantage for what the hells. And eventually they both cleared everything they could in water. They didn't, they didn't find the boss key. So they had to go to ice for song of time. And then they went back and beat Jabu, beat spirit, beat water. 
And the only kind of weird thing that I noticed, especially in the race, was both runners, when they went to go do Jabu, they did domain after Jabu because Rudo's letter was their only bottle. So they had to go back and down to get a fish and they didn't do the checks the first time. So my only question on this one is why wait to do domain after Jabu? To be fair, I've done this in the in the past. Like, if I only need one item, I'll be like, you know what? I think I should do Jabu first. Because if it's just in Jabu, I'm wasting my time doing anything in Domain. Because Domain isn't isn't quick, you know? Those two checks are about, what, a minute and a half, two minutes? Yeah. Um, so, for me, it just depends on how many items I'm waiting for. If it's literally one item, I will skip Domain. If it's more than one, I will do Domain. That's... You know, that's essentially it. I can tell you I what the hell skipped domain. <laughs> oh, he, still does, he still does boomer strats. <laughs> <laughs> the dude runs down, lights all the torches, and then does the diving game. Oh, that's why he skips it, domain. <laughs> it takes me back. Takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to do that too, and then like all these strats are found, and then now eventually like one of the optimal strats is to get flame storage. You talk to the the diving guy, and then as you're falling down, you just take out the stick while it's still flaming. You light the torches, and you go from there. Or if you have dins, you can also do it that way. And it's pretty good. But yeah, it's kind of funny as you mentioned boomer strats. It's, it's true. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's interesting with the domain skip because you're essentially hedging. I don't know the exact timing for domain versus go moding jabu, but you're putting you're pitting Zoro's domain up against Go Moding Jabu and normal Jabu versus skipping domain. Like, if your last item's in domain, you get to Go Mode Jabu, which saves time. But if your last item's in Jabu, you get to skip domain, which saves potentially more time. And so it's it's you're essentially hedging your bets. I I, I wonder actually, I don't know the timings. I wonder which is optimal to skip, honestly in this situation yeah it's a good question because you know the you technically can only skip two checks in jabu versus two checks in domain so it's not like you're skipping more even with go mode you're sure you don't have to pick up the map chest when you beat the first technical but you've already killed it in its spawn so you don't really save too much time but the you know the, the bubble room and the boomerang chest you can just completely skip entirely so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's it it seems like the optimal strat, and I might be wrong, but for, sort of from, on face value, it seems like skipping domain would be better because again, I think it is like borderline a minute and a half to two minutes. I don't know how much time you save in Jabu go moding it. I wouldn't say that it's more. It might be pretty much the same, but I wouldn't say that it's more than that. Yeah, they were missing two items at the time, Kakuria Sword and Strength 3, so and it was all dungeons anyway, so like, at least from my perspective, the chances that you have to do Domain and Jabu anyway are probably pretty high, um, unless you think there's going to be two items in Jabu or or what have you, but um, yeah. it, I think he also went to the Fountain, Fairy Fountain, and then walked back, and then did Domain, and then did the, the Boomer Strats, so, um, I don't know. I, yeah. It, it could gets, go either way. It gets awkward there if you haven't done the fairy fountain. Like, essentially, if you go straight to Jabu, you're hedging. 
my last items in here because if it's not then when you get out of jabu if you haven't done the fairy fountain that's really awkward because like you gotta walk over there and check it because the last thing you want to do is leave your last item in that fairy come back for ice cavern get it and you're behind because because you didn't get it but it's the same thing with domain so you gotta walk all the way back with this as well there's also like a really good uh when you finish Jabu, there's a really good strat to do, well, not strat, I guess, thought process of, okay, I need to come to Ice, because Song of Time's in Ice. If I'm going to go do main, I don't need to do Fairy. I'll do Fairy as adult, right? And technically that saves you a little more time overdoing it as Childs and going back to domain because you're not backtracking. So I guess optimally there, you're like, all right, well, I'll just leave it. I'll just go as adult, and then I'll do everything at once. Um... And I, I don't really know the time save between not doing the fountainous adult there because you do have to sort of go a little out of your way. But I think that might have been slightly more optimal. Not that I'm criticizing, like, <laughs> what the hell for you at all. But just in terms of tiny time saves, that might have been one of them. It's all it pretty on, minor in this one, at least. But yeah, it doesn't make too much of a difference. I guess it depends more on. If you're going directly to Ice Cavern, that makes sense. But if you're gonna do something else, you yeah. you gotta wanna you wanna know if you can skip that if it's your last item. Yeah. Well, ultimately they both did both go to Ice Cavern to get Song of Time, finishing Water Temple, finishing Spirit with Twin Rover having Strength Three, Kakiri Sword was in Light Trial, and that was that was the rest of the seed. Honestly, I feel a little bad for Ryu in terms of just. I don't want to say getting stomped, it seems a bit harsh, but they never really stood a chance because of just the very first thing that happened in this entire seed. So I, I, I think they deserved a better run against What the Hells in terms of not being so harshly done by by that one check. Ultimately, it's on them. You know, it's, it's not like What the Hells did anything wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I felt a little harsh for Ryu just not really getting a sniff at ever coming back into this one. Just because of how well What the Hells did. Um, and yeah, they, honestly, they, they smashed it. It's just another example of What the Hells happened, just running into the items, completely skipping everything else. It's like, no, I'm just going to rush items, and then that's it, GG. Yeah, just like shades of the read rim match where he just what the hell is it just slam dunking on his opponent, just like no actual chance for them to get back. So it and it's scary to watch. Like it's the first seed right now, did super well in qual qualification races. Really, the two matches that were closest for him in this tournament, both against Riley and Fan of the Tanks, uh, they're both still in it too. Like they're not out. Um, so it'd be really interesting to watch if uh, there's a potential rematch against what the hell is not rooting against you sponge but um i don't know i i, I think that either of them can make it out of losers i mean anyone in losers right now can definitely get to the final the grand finals even so um it's gonna be really great to watch just to see where what the hell's finishes but i know he's still rooting for that main tournament win so it's got a little bit left to go here yeah yeah a lot of people rooting for what the hell is this year but Sorry, I'm a, I'm a stubborn <laughs> puppy. I want to play spoiler. It's going to be incredible, though. I, the amount of hype around this next match is out of, just out of this world levels of hype, so that's going to be incredible. Really hope I'm on comms for that bad boy. Um, yeah, it's going to be... I, I, can't, I can't wait for it. It's going to be amazing. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so the next match here, hopping down to loser's bracket, round four. And, well, there's only three here to cover. First one is Fanatanked versus Zupal. Quick, quick admission for this one. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> admit that last time when we recorded the podcast, we thought this match hadn't happened. In reality, it literally happened the day before. Me and Emo watched the entire thing, but we completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so we there's no notes. We even predicted who we thought might win the match, despite having already watched it, but we forgot that we'd watched it. Turns out we predicted the winner anyway, but my god, it was <laughs> Are we that dumb. Did we, did we really do that? <laughs> uh, oh, I guess we were right on our prediction. Wow, absolutely. Yeah, we nailed it. Like, you know, we, we totally didn't watch the match and knew what was going to happen anyway, but no, we nailed the prediction. GG, this is a lot. This is a long match. Um, there's a lot of stuff that went down here, and man, it. It kind of came down to one thing again. Um, we'll see if we can go back from the top, though. Now, it's a Stone Start, opponent song, Freeze, Yell song. Your Child Spawn, Kakuri Forest, Adult Spawn, Lon Lon. Um, but they started as Child. So, obviously, you go Minos. They found Din's Iron Boots. They both grabbed Nocturne from Lon Lon Ranch, and then they went Adult, because uh, they already got the song from SFM. Uh, starting in Kakuri Forest. They found Rudo's letter in the shield grave and graveyard, but with no explosives or scale, there was nothing they could do with it yet. Just kind of staring at this stupid letter. Um, so still looking for a sphere zero item to open up more of the world. They both went back child and ended up having to do skull mask for hookshot. I don't think that was hinted, and but I, I do think uh, they had a lost woods way of the hero. So when that happens, I feel like a lot of people, especially in season four, you're not just skipping skull master that's crazy right yeah especially when it's so dry you know when the when the start of the sea there's just nothing it's like well, okay well guess i'll just force brute force skull mask as hard as i can into my lost woods way of the hero and since they started with epona uh they both ended up going to gtg but with nothing but a hookshot and song of time they did find an ideologic bomb bag uh and there's the and the i think hammerlock chest and uh, the like fire ring room. So there's a bomb bag there, which is pretty useful. They use it to beat DC pretty much still in sync with each other, not really uh, diverting or diver- diverging a-, a lot in terms of routing. Uh, by the end of the dungeon, Fana had a very slight 20 second lead. DC had nothing, uh, but with the bomb bag, they were both able to go to Goron City and they found a bow from the right side of the maze and then a Kakuri sword from the crater Bombable Grotto. So, this they also got Requiem at the, as the song in Crater. Zupal went to check this right away and found Storms and Colossus, meaning that Zeal had to be the song in Temple of Time. Just based on what song locations you have left, they could kind of infer based on that. So, uh, the Forest Medallion was Deku, so they both went back child to complete that. And in Deku, Zupal reached 20 skulls, but then he stopped collecting skulls at this point. And we'll get back to this in a little bit, but uh, it's kind of an important sticking point for this seed. They were still less than a minute apart, so they completed Deku. They headed in different directions here, I think for the first time, or one of the few times in the seed at this point. And Zupal went straight back to Temple of Time to get ZL, then immediately went back child to go to the well. There was a strength outside of Dead Hand, and 
Fanta, meanwhile, he instead goes to the explosive lock checks in Lost Woods and finds hover boots in the Lost Woods scrub grotto. He also picked up Zeal from Temple of Time, but then he stayed as adult and went to Ganon's castle. He found a magic and spirit trial, and that meant he now had the means to go to Way of the Hero's Shadow. Fanta also found a second strength in the Shadow Map Chest, as well as the Light Arrows. Fanta, at this point, continued to collect past 20 skulls, just in case, because it was hinted, a 50-skull mirror shield was actually needed for Stone Spirit. With the strengths they both found, uh, they were able to go beat Forest. After Forest, they both caught up on progression that the other had done. By the time that Fanta had finished the well and Zupal had finished Shadow, they both had strength too. Since he was already adult, Zupal was the first one into adult spirit. He found a long shot on the ZL hand. And with Stone Water now completable, Zupal started collecting skulls again. Uh, after finishing everything they could in the desert, Fanta went to ice, found Boomerang in the ice compass chest, and Prelude as a song. And by this point, Fanta had about a seven-skull lead over Zupal. Zupal went to Stone Water. He already had the BK from dipping earlier without ZL, so he went straight to Morpha. After Morpha, Zupal went to ice, collected the first skull, then changed his mind and returned to water to full clear. After finding nothing there, he returned to ice, got his Boomerang, then bailed to go to Jabu even without the song, which was Prelude. Um, so eventually they got to a point where they pretty much full cleared everything in the seed. And the only thing that they had left, or at least the best option they had left, was the 50 skull mirror shield. So Fanta was the first to reach there. Uh, like I said, he had a seven skull lead at some point. And he was about five minutes ahead of Zupel. 334 versus 339. Three hours and 39 minutes, by the way. And yeah, I mean... It was just a, a case of you go for this item on 51st. It gets to a certain p- point in the seed where it gets a little sketchy. Um, and Fanta beat Twinrova, received the hammer, and was in go mode at 340. And as a result, finished before Zupal. Zupal was in go mode when he when Fanta finished. But yeah, just kind of uh, go everything, go, <laughs> go do everything, go clear the whole seed kind of a deal here, right? It's just... Yeah, like this, at what point do you get the fifty mirror shield? This match is absolutely disgusting. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to disrespect Felix, but I think this is one that Felix would do well because they might just be like, "Fuck it, rush 50. Um, but yeah, it's who the hell rushes fifty in this seed? Like, that's because there's sort of two factors here in terms of skull collecting. Because um, initially the 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 Outlogic bomb bag was important because there was a bomb bag on 30 skulls. It's like, well, maybe that was where the seed was pointing you uh, in the first place, which I think it was, actually. That was the first logical bomb bag. But the, the Ocarina of Time song was Saria's, so that locks two songs. I don't think Skull Kid was hinted, and with Lost Woods Way of the Hero, you're like, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, even though you found a couple of things in Lost Woods already, you're not going to bank on needing Sari, beating Spirit to get Sari's to get Skull Kid or Darunia. So the, if it was Storms or something else, you could argue that maybe chasing that song a bit harder would be more worthwhile. But Sari is for two checks, and obviously Mirror Shield only locking three checks. You're like, nah, that's, that's a terrible idea. Who's going to do that? And the fact that it was hard required, uh, it was just disgusting. <laughs> Like this is just straight up absolute disgusting. 
Um, it made for great viewing, though. I had a wonderful time watching it, even though I forgot that it happened the day after. I had a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I did not get to see this live. Uh, so I was sort of just, you know, keeping up with what Emo was going over. And honestly, the, the way I see it, a lot of people, when you have an ambiguous item on 50, the, the typical play is to rush hard to 20 where you're kind of getting some out-of-the-way skulls to get to 20 as quickly as possible. And then, as you continue playing the seed, you pick up the easy ones, like Forest Temple, like the ones in dungeons as you go. And then, if you ever get to a point where... Like, like you you could very reasonably get, like, 30, 30 skulls just by playing the game if you go with that strategy. And then, because it's a lot easier to convince yourself to go get 20 skulls for a meteor shield than it is to convince yourself to go get 30. Because 20 skulls is easier to to farm up real quick. But yeah, I, I don't see how anybody could finish a seed like this, especially unhinted. I, I think that the best you can hope for is like 340. Maybe. For a finishing time for a seed like this. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Um even if you like kind of just kind of like luck sack and do it like a 330 seems really hard to do on a, on a seed like this. It's just you have to know that that mirror shield somehow is required. And I don't know if you can really know that for for certain uh, a lot of the time, especially with ham- like an item on Twin Rova. A lot of the time in spirit, you just even if it's a maybe if it's not a medallion, but especially if it's a stone, if it's like one of your last locations, um, you're not going to do twin rova and hope there's an item there that's a huge time loss if there's nothing there right so the fact that that's you have to go get 50 skulls and then you go do that and then you hope an item is there it's just the the odds are pretty low i think unless something's way the hero and so, unless something points you there and they didn't really have that it was almost a four hour seed in the round four losers bracket like oof. yeah <laughs> you know that you know this is terrible if that's the case with the late boomerang too it's not even like you can get yeah. a lot of easy boomerang <laughs> skulls along the way like no you literally that was the last item you got before you got the mirror shield <laughs> right yeah i think uh, a lot of the time it comes down to skull selection uh, for skull seed specifically so like it's not even so much that it's you're rushing to 20 i mean that that, that does play a part in it but it, it does matter a lot to, which skulls they are too, um, which ones you go out of the way for, because if 50 is actually required that in itself, you, I don't know. It, it adds up, it adds up. And if you like get maybe like the lawn, lawn nighttime skull without boomerang, and then you have to go back and get the boomerang ones anyway, just as an example, like that's a huge time loss. Um, unless you have a way to warp there, like maybe child spawn is there. Um, so it just kind of multiplies more and more as like the doom clock ticks down on the seed and you're like, oh, maybe I do have to get 50. Fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> so makes a lot of sense. But yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty rough one. <laughs> things mm. considered. Quick question. Um, yeah. seeing as we're on the trend of asking questions at the end of every race. Um, so <laughs> when you were going through this initially, you mentioned that they started with opponents. What is your favorite and least favorite starting songs under these things? 
and how obviously if if that's if one of those is opponents great but how drastically does opponents specifically affect what it is that you do because i know sponge you are someone that likes to essentially hedge your bets on an earlier than usual in air quotes gtg um so yeah i'm wondering what your thoughts on what those things are yeah i really really dislike opponents start like a lot I'd rather start with literally any other song. I'll I'll take time over Epona. Because Song of Time is like, okay, you can use it for Dampe Race. You don't have to worry about shenanigans for Water Boss Key. You don't have to worry about toilet shenanigans. Like that that's all gone. You have time. But yeah, with Epona's start, you typically see a lot of early items in GTG, which gets very annoying. Like I I've played like I think I'm up to five seeds where logical progression was in Stalfos chest in GTG. And I'm just like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Can we stop with the rush GTG with nothing? <laughs> yeah, like it it's I, I think it's hilarious when there's when that's the case. But uh yeah, it, like unless you really make a hard bet early on that I'm gonna go GTG and find an item on Stalfos or maybe you have bow too, but either way, like it's <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't make that play you're losing a lot of time theoretically right and it depends on what the item chain is and what you can do afterwards but yeah it makes a lot of sense i think it opens up the world um a lot more so than any other song you know besides like maybe zl or a warp song that leads into other songs so um for me my least favorite is Probably Sons. Sons? Um, what? I love Sons. Sons is a great song to get early. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, playing a lot of random settings. I always go just go back to random settings because I'm obsessed with it. But, um, I don't know. I, I just play a lot of seats now where I feel like my time at day routing is really good. So, I don't want that... Ah, like three wrench available to everyone else because i think it was what <laughs> the last weekend where i i got 30 skulls in one time a day cycle and i was like damn dude i'm fucking killing it like and, it, and if you started with sons you wouldn't have that as an option available to you everyone could just do whatever and be at be at par with me with with, with sons so um i would say sons it's kind of an unusual answer but um I don't think it has a lot of utility. Well, it does, but um, I don't know. I like to <laughs> I like to route time of day. What can I say? Um, I would say <laughs> my favorite, though, my favorite would be probably Song of Storms. I, I like Song of Storms starts. Um, it just opens up bottom of the well. It's a huge item pit sometimes, and you get like all these like weird checks along the way that you don't have to orphan. Uh, especially if you have like Riverway the hero or Kakuri, even like you go there early on in your child route and you just don't get that Song of Storms grotto. And if you don't have Minuet or Bolero, like it can get kind of weird uh, in a lot of situations. So I like just starting with that and not having to worry about that. Kind of like Sponge is saying about Song of Time. Um, you just don't have to worry about a lot in the seed that way. Okay. Interesting. I would not have expected either of those answers. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. 
if you ask me tomorrow, I'd probably say something different too. Though. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, for songs, like that's the biggest thing for season four, and just in generally for like randomizer for Ocarina of Time is rushing songs is great. It's a great play. Maybe not every single song. You know, you don't need everything uh, ASAP, but in general, going for songs is a good play. So uh, I don't know. I'd rather my warps be on the things that I search for in my route because that'll dictate more of where I go in the seed than anything. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, Jim? Um, see, I love Suns. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> say it's my favorite because it it kind of it, it sort of varies. I really like Minuet as an opener. Um, I think it just helps. It helps get you more songs, and I think as um, as a tool, it's just really useful. It's sometimes not the greatest because if those other songs are like storms and opponents, then fuck everything, I guess. Um, but yeah, normally minuet is just really helpful for movement or requiem or something like that. Um, least favorite is easily opponents by a million, million, million miles because fuck, as Sponge said, <laughs> the idea of just Hey, you know that seed that's a little bit open? Well, now it's a little bit more open, but way worse. It's just like, oh man, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to have to think about going over to GTG as a sphere zero check. That sounds like ass. And every time I do it, something inside me dies. So yeah, I really hate opponents as a, not even just as a starting <laughs> song, but finding opponents in your first three to four songs it just feels awful. I hate it. I hate opponents as a song in general. It's gross. Lock it behind Ice Cavern every seed. Yeah, remove opponents for S5 is what Chimp is saying. So. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Remove fat opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, did you just go with my my idea? Just put opponent in a chest. So you have to get both the song and opponent, this the horse. Right? Oh god. So. <laughs> that would that would look so bizarre. Okay, what I want to know who's gonna model that. <laughs> like lifting you, up a horse, a small horse right. in the chest. Hear me out. Okay. Both hookshots and Mitos. You go to GTG. You find your opponent model in GTG. You cross Wasteland for opponent song for archery, which is way to the hero. That <laughs> 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 just sounds, that sounds sick. I know it's never going to happen, though, so I'm not going to worry about it. But um, the next match here in Loser's Bracket, we got Mr. Mario versus FMZ Gun. FMZ, uh, the only player in top 32 to be a keyboard player. I think is of note here. Um, I think pretty much everyone brings it up every time he plays a match, just because yeah. we don't really see a whole lot of him, honestly. Uh, he kind of just plays matches pretty sparingly overall, I would say. So, yeah, I know um, we bring it up every time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's worth <laughs> pointing out. I can't remember whether it was on the last episode or whether someone told me. I think, no, I think Riley told me this on the side. The fact that you can't spin slash means that I'm never like I don't know how anyone could even contemplate using keyboard. Spin slashes are too good. Yeah, you just do alternative strats, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I could get behind it if that was like the only way I played OT ever, but I feel like if you have any experience in the past with the controller in this game, it's just like it's pretty tough to make the switch unless you have a really good reason. But 
seems to be working out for him. I mean, he got this far and he's a great play overall, just in terms of his routing and decisions being made. So um, this doesn't really hold him back, honestly. Now, in this match, they started with ZL. Good, clean start. Okay. And they start in Link's house. <laughs> All right. This is season four, right? And they found Kakuri Sword in Mido's house. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely S4. Okay. Uh, so they did Deku, and I had nothing. It was a medallion. They both grabbed Sarias from Child SFM. Adding to the vanilla-ness of yeah, this CD. Yeah. <laughs> And then they found a strength on the Lost Witch Bridge scrub and storms from Lon Lon Ranch. So FMZ went adult after getting the songs. While Mario stayed child, Mario walked to CAC and arrived just before night. So he was able to do chickens to get a bomb bag. Explosive start here. And with that, he was able to full clear the well. <laughs> and Mario found a bow from the lockpits room, too. So adding on top of this, as well as a 10 pack of shoes that wasn't bomb locked. Um, makes sense because he had bomb bag on chickens, sphere zero. Otherwise, you run the risk of, oh, is this chew and logic? Like, okay. At least for me, whenever I find a, a bomb chew like sphere zero like this, or like very low logically, I know the bomb bag's like right around the corner. So it makes a lot of sense here. But as adult, FMZ went to Cat Graveyard and he saw light arrows in the graveyard box and went up to DMT to do DC with strength. DC also had nothing. But afterwards, he's able to get a hook shot from Link the Goron using strength. FMZ used the hook shot to get the crater song, which was Nocturne. Except that Nocturne was logically useless in the sea due to the adult spawn point being at Nocturne Warp Pad. Hmm. <laughs> it <laughs> happened. It happened. Um, so by this point, Mario had finished the well and also went adult. But with a bomb bag from chickens, he's able to full clear DC. And he got the hook shot from Link the Goron and was able to clear the Goron City maze, which had Boomerang on the right side. Which I think FMZ was missing. I uh, did not get that because he only had some shoes, I believe. Um, or no, no, he, did, he, he didn't even have explosives at that point, right? He got the mm. like the Goron with strength. But anyway, uh, FMZ picked up opponents from Adult SFM before heading to Gan's Castle uh, with a free med and Deku. Trials had nothing but Dins for Stone Shadow, so FMZ went back child and went to the well. Got the bow in the tin pack of shoes, which is his first explosives. Did not do chickens at this point. Uh, was able to go to the river and found a letter on the river lower freestanding item. Kind of spicy. And FMZ at this point, pretty much at the exact same time as Mario, found the boomerang. Now, FMZ found magic as well on Zora Diving Game before save warping in Kakuri Forest to check the explosive checks in Lost Woods and Child Goron City. He scummed it all the back to get his chews. Uh, but with only five, he opted not to check the maze, which has boomerang, unfortunately for him. FMZ went back adult, and both he and Mario ended up doing Hyrule field checks around the same time. There were another five chews in Tektite Grotto, so FMZ grabbed those and went back to finish DC. Mario, having already done DC, headed towards the desert area. He crossed the wasteland, got Vanilla Requiem, and returned Child. FMZ was the first to check Stone Forest. He found Strength 2 in the lower Stalthos room, and then cleared all of the courtyard before leaving for Adult Spirit. There, he found the long shot on the ZL ledge chest. Mario, still being Child, uh, found Magic in Ruta's letter, 
He's able to beat Jabu right away, already having that boomerang uh, from the Goron City maze. After Jabu, he went back adult, and he dipped Stone Forest. However, he did stop after finding the strength too. So Mario warped to spirit, did everything he could without a mirror shield. And then, like, probably one of the crazier things to happen in the whole bracket, he just scummed the entire thing, including the long shot to go back to forest. Really, yeah, that the turning point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have my own opinions on this. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go into them when we finish. Okay. Um, so uh, we don't know if the long shot at this point is required. So, uh, But he did just scum it all away, went back forest. Spirit was medallion, so he was going to have to recollect the keys later. But uh, he continued in forest and found the hammer on the bow chest. Mario finished the rest of forest and went to beat fire. FMZ returned to G2G to check the strength lock checks and found the hover boots behind the G2G silver block. FMZ then went to full clear stone shadow, didn't find anything, and then returned to stone forest. He bailed as soon as he found the hammer. And for, for reference, this is not an AD seed, Serenade OT. They were just kind of running out of locations at this point. Um, and so in fire, Mario found strength three and Volvagia. Went to Ganon's castle, was able to check everything except Shadow Trial 2 because he didn't have fire arrows, which were on 50 skulls or long shot or hovers. So um, FMZ finished fire 25 minutes after Mario. So like 233 versus 258. And he went to Ganon's castle with, with Strength 3 and he was able to check Shadow Trial 2 because of that long shot in spirit. And you know what? Mirror Shield was in there. <laughs> for go mode at 303. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a result, he won 315. I think at the time, that was the, like, there were literally two checks left in the game, and it was Shadow Trial 2 and Pierre, <laughs> both of which needed the long shot. So everyone watching that was like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, Mario's screwed. Like, it's, it's behind, it's either behind Pierre, which obviously Pixel Shot would have helped for. Because um, I don't think they had uh, Pierre set up at all, or it's just on Strike Shadow Trial Second, which also needs Longshot, which Mario scummed away. So, wild ride, a real wild ride. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate for Mr. Mario that it ended up that way. But, you know, when it comes down to to philosophy, I guess, where it's where do you save your time and when it comes back to the the scumming spirit thing, and I kind of wanted to get into this because I, I I watched this match live, and I I was really like I raised an eyebrow at this. I no, like no disrespect to Mr. Mario at all, but I'm like I don't really understand the I don't really understand the play here because I get it, you don't want to you don't have a quick way back to Forest Temple, so like it sucks to go back, but spirits a medallion you have to get all the keys again and you got an item that locks checks that is unique it's not like you could just find another one in forest temple and boom you're you're fine like that item hard locks because you're not going to get fires of 50 so like that item hard locks two checks in your seed and like while i understand it's two checks like long shot can make forest temple faster and and spirit, like I said, it's mainly the fact that spirit's a medallion, and you're scumming all the keys that I really, 
I, I think that more often than not, you're going to get burned if you scum medallion progression. That's the way I see it. So you're you're better off, in my opinion, just walking back to forest and eating the overworld movement time loss than yeah. scumming an entire medallion dungeon, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, ultimately, it was the deciding factor in the seed. Um, and it, it, you know, Mar Mr. Mario was the third seed. I think a lot of people saw him doing really well throughout this tournament and, you know, clearly getting to this state, they've done well. But it's, it's a little bit of a shame that that is what essentially was the deciding factor. I've never really seen such a wild save scum. Ironically, the one of the more wild save scums was your match, Sponge, when you did it with Ice, which I thought was very good and made sense at the time. But obviously, in your scenario, you didn't scum any items, whereas the long shot, yeah, you don't need it for many items in the game. But I think if you know that 50 skulls is fire arrows, there's no way you should ever scum the long shot, specifically because that one check then essentially becomes dead. Like, you can't do Shadow Trial second unless you go back and get that long shot or get 50 skulls. So you you sacrifice a couple of checks for a little bit of time and it yeah, didn't pay out, which was unfortunate, but yeah, that's you know, I, I, I agree with what you said there, Sponge. Yeah, I mostly agree. Um I think the thing that really caught Mario off guard here was the two foolish hints were Hyrule Castle and Waterstone. So if if you think or if you kind of get stuck down the path of I don't need this long shot because, okay, water is a stone, whatever. I don't want to go to water because it sucks. But um, now that I have this long shot, what can it really open up? Shadow 2 only? Like, is that it? Like, I can kind of understand the viewpoint, but I, I agree with both of you that a medallion progression dungeon, like, a, I, I don't really see scumming keys away unless you know that or you already have like maybe child side, like one key and one BK maybe at that point. But I don't think that was even the case here. So I think it was a little bit too wild. Yeah. Like I see the philosophy here where like, if it's, if your go mode is just in forest, you've saved like the most time getting back to forest. But I, I don't personally agree with the philosophy there. No, like I said, no disrespect to Mr. Mario, but it's like, they they both played a really good game and he was in a a really good position to win and i don't know it just it it just seemed like i i don't think that even if shadow trial 2 wasn't the mirror shield i i don't think it would have been worth it even at that point from my perspective if that makes any sense yeah totally all right, and then uh, FMZ will move on to face Riley. Uh, unfortunately, Mario's out of the tournament now. All right, and so in our next match, loser's bracket round four, Karyosa the fifth seed versus Marco the sixth seed. This is also a pretty hype match, I thought. Uh, oh, French, French standoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Spider-Man meme, except they're both French and playing OTR. <laughs> <laughs> so. 26th seed in season three for Cariosa. Uh, fifth here, Marco, the season three runner up, season two winner, third seed in season one. A lot of expectations going into this one. Um, I mean, their past opponents, Cariosa uh, beat Wooden Barrel, lost to FMZ, then lost to Ryu. Or no, no, beat FMZ, then lost to Ryu. My bad. Uh, 
Uh, whereas Matt, Marco, uh, he beat Gavaroni, lost to Sponge, and then beat Reedrim, beat Kezo. So he's really just been on a path here of just killing off the French runners in the tournament. Uh, kind of unfortunately for Marco, but I, I don't think he cares either way. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was a medallion start, serenade start. Um, for this one, Again, uh, the adult spawn was in Kakuri outside Mido's house. We just kept getting these Kakuri starting locations just to troll the runners. I don't. Like, it's not even that bad of a start. It's just like <laughs> random spawns are now on in season four, and in four matches in a row, you will start there. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> all right, cool. So, DC Spirit, Deku Shadow, Jabuuri Medallion said it's Stone Water Forest Fire with OT being Requiem. So kind of going in, they might have thought it might have been AD. Um, obviously, they don't know that yet at this point. So they both pick up the boomerang from Mido's. Marco took the time to go walk to adult SFM and found ZL, whereas Cariosa just walked to Kakariko from Kakuri Forest without the song. And adult Kak had a strength on adult Anju. The Kakuri sword was in the shield grave. They both saw a mirror shield in the graveyard box. And because of that, he had ZL, Marco was able to get to Miniwet at the composer's grave. So pretty good overall for both runners starting off here. They both went child and they got a bomb bag from Richard the dog. Because it was night, Cariosa tested the child save warp to get out of market, which is how he found the hookshot on the river lower heart piece because child spawn was at the river unused entrance. So it's fairly odd which is at the very top of the waterfall. You kind of like fall down. I think at the very start of testing for season four, that was like the literal first seed uh, with, with random spawns. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty funny that we, we get to see it again and in brackets even, but um, yeah, hookshot was on river lower and he also did child lake. Didn't have anything, but a Goron tunic on child fishing and found the long shot in the field scrub grotto while walking to Kakuri forest. Marco instead uh, used Sunsong to make it day and walked out of market and found strength two in the boulder outside of market um, before going to Lon Lon. Since he had Miniwet, he was able to play that out at the back of Ranch and got Nocturne and Child SFM. Now, they both converged around Deku, which had nothing but a scale, but at least it was a medallion. And they both went back adult. And when they did this, uh, Marco took the time to read the first castle hint and found out that OT was indeed Requiem. As adult, Cariosa rushed progression dungeons and went to Dodongo's. He found letter on King Dodongo, then returned child to beat Jabu. Marco instead went to Adult Lake to see if there was a better way to hero item than Goron Tunic, but only found the lighter was on adult fishing. So Marco also dipped Stone Forest, um, no bow, no song of time, and found the hammer in the lower Stalfos room. With the hammer, he was able to full clear away the hero crater, which had song of time, lens from the crater fairy, and iron boots in the crater wall. Marco looped around DMT to beat Dodongos, and at the same time, Cariosa was beating Baronade. However, Cariosa was not as far ahead as kind of this suggested, so... Because of that, he still had to do Adult Lake and finally get ZL from Adult SFM. Kyriosa then decided to go to Ice Cavern, and they were both in Zora's Fountain at the same time, just as different ages. So Marco was there as a child, and Kyriosa was there as an adult, and they both found the bow in the fairies, 
the fairy fountain at Zora's Fountain pretty much at the same time. After Jabu, Marku went back adults and out to the desert to see if it was all dungeons or not. He skipped the GTG and the fortress checks to go straight to Spirit. I think this is a good play, um, just in general, especially if you have like kind of a slightly ambiguous song on OT, like like Requiem, something that could very well be um, make a seed all dungeons. I, I think it's really good to just know as soon as possible. So I think it was good here that Marco actually skipped GTD and Fortress. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's there's pros and cons like skipping GTG here. I, I totally understand why you could just rush Spirit here, but I also don't think it's a bad thing to just dip GTG a little bit, even if you don't do the whole thing. Just a, a cheeky GTG dip on, dip on the way would be absolutely fine. You know, that's as we'll see in a second, which is what Karyosa does. Um, but yeah, I think just entering GTG, you can get like two immediate checks. You know, and that's that's like what fifteen seconds of your time to pick up two checks. It's very quick and very efficient. Um, so yeah, I'd always hesitate to just ignore it completely. Yeah, I'm. I've kind of uh, changed the way that I think about GDG in this situation because, especially if it's not in logic to cross the spirit yet, because he didn't have magic. So you know for sure that you need magic to cross the spirit. So chances are you're not going to find the other one in spirit. But, I mean, checking if it's AD is always a good idea. But I've kind of adopted more of a what-the-hell's approach where if spirit is unlikely to have all of the items that you need, then I'm probably going to check GTG before crossing. Not that I not that I necessarily disagree with going to spirit first, but it's just it's just more efficient and chances are you're gonna find the item that at least one item that you need, because GTG is just so big. If it ends up not being required, then then you know it is it is what it is. Rando will rando, but it's kind of the way I feel about it. Yeah, I mean I I think it's pretty close either way. Um when you have a a dungeon such as GTG two, like like he's saying, it's it's very big. It's, it's very likely one, if not more than than one item. So logically, it would probably put you closer to crossing the wasteland in logic. Maybe not fully. Probably won't find lens or anything like that. But not that these runners even need that. But um, yeah, I can kind of I can kind of get behind both plays. Actually, I, I think it depends on how many items away from go mode you could be. Um, how many items do you have left to make it go mode for all dungeons even like is all dungeons going to add six items in which case yeah probably gtg is the right call but in this case where you only really need a couple i don't know you could you can kind of talk me into either play i think it depends on how the seed's gone to that point how much time do i've wasted yeah of course if you like cross wasteland and then you have to cross back, it's just so much worse than if you get off your spirit items and then you cross and then you can go do spirit. So um, it's pretty close either way, I think. I think one of the most important factors is literally what we're about to talk about next. But before we jump into that, is is more for 
plays that aren't as high in terms of execution. Like, let's say I'm talking Challenge Cup runners, you know, middle mid Challenge Cup runners. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, this next play that we're about to discuss means that dipping GTG makes more sense. Going to Spirit with Magic, because doing the fire locked checks is such a pain in the ass. If you don't have magic, obviously there are ways around it. You can push the armos for the map chests, and you can do some uh, bullshit, as people call it, uh, <laughs> in in the sunblock room to get the sunblock chests. Um, but if you're not so tight on your execution, and it is a potential all dungeons, going to spirit without Feral's wind and without magic, and not being able to do those two chests could cost you the entire race. Because if there's something in those checks, you're screwed. You don't go back there in a hurry. You've got to book your ass all the way out there again um, and to get those checks done, and you essentially lose. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the same time, though, you could be thinking, well, what if I don't have to go to G2G at all, and I know my opponent's going to go there for sure. Um, it's totally possible, but again, it, I think it depends on where you were at logically in the seed. So, like, only a couple items missing. It, it's pretty high risk to skip GTG completely. At least like a dip or something would, would be good, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, regardless, Marco went to Spirit and he found the hover boots in one of the Spirit invisible chests. And fire arrows were in the BK chest, but without magic, Marco had to resort to collecting the silver rupees and using the bow to light the torches in the sunblock room to get the boss key. So, Curiosa found nothing but Prelude and Ice, and headed out to the desert area. He diverted from Marco's route here, and he opted to check GTG on the way, and found magic in the left side of the GTG maze. And so when Karyosa went to Spirit afterwards, he had a little bit of an easier time getting the Bosky than Marco did. And although both runners were able to get the Spirit Bosky, they did discover that there was one small key remaining on Child's side, so it was logical AD. This explained the Lake Way of the Hero, Goron Tunic, and Crater Way of the Hero, Iron Boots, but meant that these hints had been fulfilled and didn't provide any further information on whether or not the Stone Dungeons would be actually required for the remaining item, which was Den's Fire. <laughs> so, yeah, search for Den's Fire, search for any of these items, because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's one of the items that's placed first, right? Um, I know Mirror Shield is placed first, if I recall. Um, but I think you're right because it affects the. I think it places the items that affects the least amount of checks first. So I think it's like Mirror, Boomerang, Fire Arrows, something else. But I think yeah, I think Din's is placed somewhat at the front. Yeah. So. Like when it's a search for one of these items at the end of a seed, it's just like it can be the worst sometimes. I just <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> search for dens of all things. Yeah, this was just a flat S four mode. No other, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like it's always shadow. It's always freaking shadow, dude. <laughs> can we can we please have an S4C that is a go mode shadow at three hours? I'm tired. <laughs> Let me get into shadow early and clear it so that I can hope to find something in there. 
And so, uh, yeah, they were they were both very close. Still just new to Den. So Marco finished checking GTG, getting his magic. And just as Cariosa was starting the Twin Rova fight, so it was a, a race to just find Den's fire. And Cariosa was the first one to go stone water. <laughs> Let's we go. We love water stone, <laughs> baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and so he found Den's on the dragon chest for go mode at 228. Finished in 248 for Cariosa, and Marco was still looking for Dens when Cariosa uh, finished. So, yeah, kind of a wild one. Mm, yeah, because uh, when Cariosa was approaching this, like the last few checks in water, um, and shout outs to the French uh, restream and Necro in particular for absolutely popping off when this happened. But it was literally apparent that. Unless these last two checks and those checks being the the river chest and the dragon chest, unless they had dins, Marco wins because Marco just had that much in front of Cariosa in terms of the rest of the world and the rest of the dungeons that they dipped, and Cariosa would essentially follow the same checks that Marco has already done. So it was literally that check or bust, and it just happened to be the last check that Cariosa had that could have saved him in the entire seed and lo and behold it was dins everyone lost their collective shit necro went fucking insane and marco's out just like that marco is out and we have a guaranteed new champion obviously bonnaroo's out atc never entered and now marco's out so no matter what happens there's no duplicate champion no one is ever going to have two in as far as season four goes and we yeah going to be great crown a brand new champ yeah it's kind of unfortunate that this is how the seed devolved into it was very entertaining to watch let me tell you the the tension was building with every single chest that both runners open and it, it was really fun to watch but it was i i would very much not want to play this seed <laughs> I'll yeah. put it that way. <laughs> like, if you could choose what kind of a seed against what the hell's um, for for your next match, what what kind of a seed would you want? Fifty skulls AD. I want to go mono e mono. I want to see who's got the better who's got the better moves. Nice, I like it. Hmm. Bold. Any particular item for fifty skulls? Um. Boomerang. Just not a hook shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was just like, well, anything okay, else. you want a 50 skull seed? Here's your hook shot. <laughs> First logical hook, baby. Let's go. <laughs> what you wanted. That's a, that's a real test of balls right there. 50 skull hook. First oh, hook. God. Let's go. Like no ring. Like I've, I've had been in that situation before. It's never fun. It, it always sucks. But yeah, shout out to the NA weekly three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, uh, going back to the the match, this is actually Marco's first forfeit, like in forever. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know, it kind of shows like a, a frustration that Marco has had, and I think the S four tournament in general. He's he he's at, this is the second time he's ended up in this situation, and both times he's lost the the coin flip, so to speak. And so I, I definitely feel for him in that respect, but definitely props to Cariosa. It's not like Cariosa hasn't earned his way to get to this point. Like you can you can scream 
luck like s4 casino all you want but like at the end of the day it's you need skill to get to this point like there's no there's no if ands or buts about it so yeah i mean i I think marco had a lot tougher time in the bracket um just yeah losing in round two is just so bad for your bracket position so uh, once you go to losers it just gets super duper hard and um it makes a lot of sense but yeah just murder is real here i mean gavaroni sponge reed rims no slouch either i mean kezo's unpredictable to say the least um Dude, so <laughs> that that bottom half of the bracket was ridiculous <laughs> which like, part all of it like uh, the <laughs> like the bottom quad the bottom quadrant of the bracket with like like marco basically from pkr down was ridiculous like whoever got out of that part of the bracket and it you know it ended up being me believe it or not like 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 you you had to you had to slay monster after monster <laughs> like it was it's ridiculous how many good players ended up on that part of the bracket <laughs> yeah you've yeah. Pre- you've pretty much become the ocarina of time kratos in essence of just <laughs> Knocking down gods and monsters as you go. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Casey Necro, Marco, Mario, PKR. I'm just listing off good players, but Sponge beat every single one of them in winners. And that's just a wild ride in itself. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's going up what against what the hells. So... And also just one more thing to add for Marco. I think he's just had a really tough season in general. Like things there's a lot of expectations he was gonna get probably like top three seeding, right? Like coming from season three going into season four, and it's just didn't really line up in a lot of ways for his qualifiers, just a lot of kind of average ish performances. I think he would also agree with that too, by the way. Um I don't know. I, I think it just in general, he's had a real tough time in season four. I, I think a lot of people have. Yeah, it's actually it's actually interesting because we uh we did a little statistics dive for the qualifiers after they were done. And if you Mm -hmm. take the five best qualifiers, if you take everyone's five best qualifiers and seeded them based on that, Marco would actually be the one seed for as the S4 tournament. That's why I like I there was this uh there was this narrative that like, oh, Marco like is struggling, quote unquote, with S four. I don't think that that's. I, I I don't necessarily think that that was true. I just think that there is a little bit more luck in S four, and so Marco sometimes was getting more unlucky, but he's still just as good as he used to be. Like he quote unquote used to be. Like he's still yeah. he's still the same player. Like he's still, in my opinion, the best player in the world. But it's it's just very unfortunate that the two times he's lost in bracket, it ended up basically as for casino. So. Okay. I'll revise my answer then. Yeah. I I definitely (laughs) agree with you. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, but yeah, the variability is definitely palpable. I mean, you don't even have to play the qualifiers to know that you can play the weeklies and even there, like the spread is just huge in terms of like player to player. Yeah, 
it's really hard to get in group races it's really really hard to get consistent results in s4 you're you're gonna have to eat some shit uh, hypothetically <laughs> uh, metaphorically speaking to uh in order to get those good races in <laughs> yeah i i really enjoy the way that the um change to organizing matches has affected the speed of the tournament i think has been really good yeah a hundred percent and yeah. and this is really really good for the challenge cup as well because we s4 is going to get out of the way in time for the later stages of the challenge cup so zsr is going to be available to take on some of those matches if that's uh something <laughs> the silver gauntlets would want yeah that's a different story i guess yeah it's just like maybe there's two matches scheduled that roughly the same time zsr takes one silver gauntlets takes the other maybe a situation like that yeah potentially i mean that would be ideal like i it would certainly be good to have um because obviously the later matches are best of threes like at least having the first match of each of those on like zsr and maybe the second and thirds on tsg depending on what happens because i think that'd be really good to to hi- to highlight or something like something like that, you know, some sort of arrangement with the best of threes would be really good. Yeah, it's also cool to just like, all right, S four tournaments wrapping up. Like, what's going on in the Challenge Cup? Because they're like, I, I I'll be the first to admit I haven't been paying much attention to the Challenge Cup because I'm still in the S four tournament. Yeah, that's fair. So. It'll be nice to keep tabs on how peeps like Zephyr and Alex and I guess not Mel anymore, but big rip. Yeah. Um, so would you agree that RSL is really a trendsetter for tournament dynamics and our very aggressive scheduling that we had? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we were talking about before RSL even used the scheduling. We We were talking... There was just uh, grumblesings in the community that the tournament was slow, and RSL kind of just like, hey, this worked for them. Let's try it, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, it was like, you have to schedule within a day and then play within a week. So it was a lot more, especially compared to Season 3. Uh, we, I don't know. <laughs> we just tried it, and it worked. So I think we got lucky, but... Yeah, I mean, when was the season three finals again? Was it in May? Late, fucking late. That's when it was. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. Like it, it was early summer, and then we had a, a multi-month break for the podcast at that point, um, around June. So I want to say it was May. Jesus Christ! Cup. Yeah, at this point, point, we're we're looking to be done with S four sometime in April. Most likely, yeah. Just scheduling and all, and all that will be like a week or two here and there. But yeah, uh, it's great though. I mean, it's a great thing for pretty much every part of the community because it gets out of the way for other things that can happen. And there's only so much attention you can have for Rando. So yeah, for sure. And we don't want to just burn everybody out by having a tournament that lasts for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of that too was the multi world tournament was took forever and then you also had s3 also take a very long time and they there was a lot of overlap there so like 
there's basically no no point for like over a year at which point a tournament wasn't happening so oh, like, yeah. burnout was way more uh, of an issue at that point i think for a to lot be of fair, people world overlapped with literally everything to ever yeah, exist well, so yeah it's like more than a year or something so yeah no no exaggerations all right so next up here we got losers round five the winners of the matches that we uh, have already discussed th- this episode. Um, so moving on here, Kariosa versus Fanatanks, um, as well as FMZ and Riley. So for the Riley FMZ match, this was a close one. This is a real close one. Uh, I think at most parts in the seed, uh, from what I can recall, but, um, so just getting into it here, Medallion start, Saria's song start. So SFM will always just be in Logic now as adult, which is kind of great. You won't get baited by Forest Logic and all that. Um, but there was a 10-pack of shoes in the back of Ranch. They started as, I think, Child in this seed, and it was Field from Market, basically where the drawbridge is. So free money, Perfect positioning to go directly to ranch, get your song. And so they find this 10 pack of shoes. They so they both had Adalogic explosives right away in the seed. And Riley went straight to Kakuri Forest after ranch. And FMZ was the first to check the boulder outside of market, which had an Adalogic bomb bag. FMZ went to market, got hover boots on child shooting gallery, and the prescription and a bow on Bombchu bowling. Also out of logic. What a stop. <laughs> Here's yeah. your like five items. You can go do stuff now, I guess. <laughs> like it's just but it's all out of logic. Because <laughs> this bomb bo- this bomb bag is bomb locked. So you kind of have to keep that in mind going forward. Kind of when that happens, but not like it's gonna stop you from doing like DC and all that, right? Like it's but it's a lot to take in, especially at the very start. So in Lost Woods, Riley got Bolero from Child SFM and saved to Scum Choose, but then ended up getting the hookshot and long shot back to back from the Lost Woods scrub and generic grottos. Lost Woods MVP. So he didn't reset. <laughs> <laughs> as you oh, can expect. Man. Yeah, didn't well, didn't reset long shot away. Damn. <laughs> um, oh no. So Riley walked too soon, too soon. <laughs> Riley too soon, man. He walked to CAC with the intention of scumming damp bay digging, but that had mirror shield, so he also just kept that. And when checking market, he opted not to get the prescription. I think it was a big, big point in the early part of the seed here. Didn't at that point have bigger on hints, but hey, what are the chances, right? And that's actually required. Oh yeah. You can always totally. get it back. I think it's what the, it was the first item prescription, I think, and then the second one was the the, the other one yeah. in that order. So, kind of made sense at the time, um, especially early on in the seat. You want to like waste time for a, an item that you don't even need. So, I think it made a lot of the sense to skip that at that point. But uh, I, they both. I disagree oh. entirely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I, I just okay. categorically disagree with skipping that prescription. Honestly. Like, just because you have to come back, or just because the fact that if it's unhinted, you know that if you you know if you get explosives, your next play is to head into 
DMC and Goron C and around that area, you've now got prescription. So like it's like, well, if you just happen to keep that and just go along and you can get your checks done, you know, you can hand that in when you when when necessary. It's just just why not? Is picking it up does you, it's not going to reset, right? No. Oh, so like yeah, I, I, already, I don't so. yeah I don't see any reason to just not pick that up. I think it's just a waste. I I can see it. I can see where he, Riley's coming from with this one because if you're going to because you need a bottle at some point to even go through with prescription. So I don't think they had one at that point. They didn't find letter yet. So if you're going to have to go to Ganon's to get your first blue fire to even do that, like say there's a hookshot or I guess not in Riley's case, but maybe like a hammer or something I'm bigger on later in the seed. Oh, okay. Well now I have to get blue fire and I have to go do the, the sequence. Like what if you don't get letter? Where's your first bottle? I think you're going to be in that general area anyway. The only bad thing of course is another age change. So like, like gun to my head, do I get the prescription myself in that scenario? I don't know. I don't know. Probably I just so I don't have to come back, but like, it's like I can see skipping it. It's like less than twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really not that bad in terms of time, but I don't know. Uh, as somebody who skipped Sphere Zero <laughs> prescription in their bracket match, I can understand why Riley decided not to get it. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I'm very, very biased. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to defend my own play, so I have to agree with Riley. <laughs> all right so they both headed adult at nearly the the exact same time uh, except that riley only had mirror shield as an adult fmz walked straight to kakariko and he got furor's win from the cac back grotto and magic from the dampe race so sphere zero riley instead went on a song chain first so they both went to dc but approached from opposite directions. Riley from Goron City and FMZ from CAC. After DC, they di- diverged. Uh, Riley went to Forest to dip without strength, and FMZ went to Ganon's Castle. Riley didn't find anything in Forest, and FMZ found a letter in Water Trial. So by this point, it was possible to determine that ZL had to be in the Colossus because with Shadow as the Forest Medallion, Colossus was the only non-ZL locked song check left. So Riley headed out to the desert to get that. Along the way, he dipped GTG and picked up Den's fire in the GTG lobby. And See, FMZ I'm went, telling you, oh, yeah. dip, dip GTG <laughs> lobby. I'm telling you. I mean, I at this point in the seed, it's so early. Like, I think it'd be crazy to not go to GTG to at least dip it, even if you know ZL is in Colossus. Because then, what do you do if you get ZL? You Check the Colossus Fairy Fountain. You maybe check Spirit if you have Strength 2, but I don't know. It's so early in the seed this time that I definitely agree with the G2G dip. And so FMZ went Child to turn in the Rudo's letter and set Furores and Jabu and checked Child Lake along the way. He found the hammer on Child Fishing, which finally put the bomb back into logic because uh, it was otherwise only locked by bomb bag and in, in the market outside of or then in the grotto outside of market rather yeah um, so i remember the that being like a, a constant point of discussion about how we were basically out of logic for an hour plus like we we had no logic at all until we found that hammer <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy Sorry, stuff we, 
we we kept finding items and items and items and it's like all of this is out of logic <laughs> yeah like at what point in a seed would you be like starting to get concerned about it like because you know that it, hammer could be locking that but it could also be another bomb bag but like they're getting i don't know between three and six items at this point that are all out of logic so um kind of like at what point would you get nervous it, it depends if the hammer is required if fire is a medallion then yeah i would be very concerned about the logic here i would want to confirm 100 percent what's mm-hmm. going on here but if fire is a stone and you know it's not required i i might just say let's not worry about this let's just pretend we're in logic yeah it's kind of like what i do with early choose just if i find a 10 pack of bomb chews that's as good as a bomb bag for me i do not care and i'll just do bomb checks just np i mean you have to be careful with your chewy usage obviously safe scumming and all that but it's kind of like a similar line yeah most of the time i agree with that yeah it depends where they are obviously but yeah um so after getting zeal at colossus riley set for Orswin in spirit and he saved warp to get the song from composer grave which was nocturne riley had everything he needed to complete shadow although it was still out of logic because he did not have the strength for the crusher room at the same time fmz was going to ice and he found lens in upper river and strength in the ice freestanding heart piece putting everything into logic at that point. You found light arrows and song of storms on the final chest and ice. And after ice FMZ walked back to King Zora to do the adult trade sequence for the Kakuri sword on bigger now that they both, I think they both had the hint at this point. Um, but FMZ making the play. You got to do it. In my opinion, yeah. it's for a, a whole dungeon worth like yeah. it's, even if it's a stone like in this scenario like it's just you're, you're really not going to get the kakuri sword and you have when, requiem on right OT. yeah you have requiem on ot too like it's just it, it is incredibly risky to not go for in fmz's particular position so he mm-hmm. had bolero like it makes perfect sense just you know, grit your teeth to the trade quests and make sure that you got all your bases covered because there are there's still shenanigans that can happen with this seed. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that's a really that. important aspect of that. The, his positioning for FMZ. I don't think you could skip it even if you wanted to. Um, you come from ice. You just unfroze King Zora, and you have the prescription in hand, like. And you know that's on bigger on. You just have to go for it. And I, I think he did have Bolero, so it wasn't even that much time, really. Yeah, and the fact that he just grabbed Storms and was likely planning to go Child. So if you're going to go Child, let's just say hypothetically you go to bottom of the well and you find nothing. The next thing you're going to want to do is Deku. Like 100% there. So you're going to want that Kokiri Sword anyway. So it's just it's the right time and the right place for FMZ to do the trade quest there. Yeah, totally agree. So FMZ and Riley, they traded progression for a while. And Riley went to Bombchu Bowling to pick up the prescription again. But when he found the strength in ice, he opted not to do the adult trade sequence and went to Forest instead. Yeah, I think that's more just Riley realizing that he's got progression. And he's just going to do his progression and hope that 
Because, like, he's probably not planning to go child as quickly as FMZ is. Like, he's going to do Forest first, and then maybe afterwards he's, you know, maybe he's planning something else other than going child. So uh, that's the way I can see that working. I, I think that, obviously, Riley was in a very different position from FMZ when he had the opportunity to do the trade quest. And so I think that that affected both of their decision making for sure yeah i mean at this point he's still out of logic right yeah he's still out of logic because he doesn't have the hammer yeah so it's pretty difficult as a as a decision but um yeah i mean fmz did big pose at the same time uh gave him second magic with that fmz knew that the only thing he had gotten from the graveyard the first magic could not be way the hero so he went back child to check Dampe digging in the composer's grave. While in the area as a child, he decided to go to well and in back-to-back chest again, he found boomerang in the chest outside of Dead Hand's room and then strength two in the invisible chest in the, de- in the Dead Hand room. And then suddenly he was just in maybe go mode at 205, depending on the spirit keys. Just a <laughs> very nice dungeon. Oh, uh, uh, that... That got me worried too, because I'm thinking. Yeah. Obviously, I'm very biased. I'm rooting for Riley. I'm like, oh boy. Like, if if we're in go mode here, uh, Riley, I, I think Riley's ahead. He, I think he's got this. But what if he like bails at the boomerang? What if he doesn't like get the strength for some reason? Like, I don't. I was I was very worried at this point. It's kind of hard to bail on Bomblewell there two at the same time though, right? Because it's a five minute dungeon, if that sometimes. And I don't know, for me, I just I can't get behind it. I just always full clear Bomblewell, unless it's obviously it'll be like my last item. But um, I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation to be in too. I mean, I guess the decision there is also just going to the well because technically nothing pointed you to the bottom of the well. There was no way the hero storms. No way of the hero well or anything like that. So Riley could have easily chosen something else to do at this stage, even though they were running out of options. Um, you know, a little bit of extra cleanup here and there, and yeah, they could have could have fell further behind. That's true. I mean, you could hope to like go to your progression dungeon first, and then you don't spend as much time in the well. Maybe you feel behind at that point. I can see it, but just for me, it's just I don't know. I just. I was always full clear that a stupid dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it was more like in the moment I was thinking of like reasons as to why he would bail and just trying to convince myself that like, no, he's not going to bail. He's not going to leave. Like, because obviously I, like I love FMZ, but Riley's my boy. So I got to I, I want him to win, obviously. And so I'm like, please, like. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So FMZ went straight to Jabu, and arriving at Baronade, Riley was just finishing Phantom Ganon. So Riley went back child. He got a strength two and boomerang at 218. And all eyes were on FMZ. He was about to find out if it was AD for Requiem or not. And so he found three small keys and the boss key, and it was confirmed not to be all dungeons, thankfully, for, for the runners here. Um, if it were, their stones were water, deku, fire, in which case FMZ, I think, would have been uh, straight up ahead 
because uh, Riley still he didn't have the Kakuri sword. Yeah, he would have won. Um, yeah, and so FMZ was the first to five meds by two minutes, two twenty-five to two twenty-seven. But his remaining medallion was Shadow, while Riley's was Spirit. Is really close, but Riley was the first to get a sixth medallion. About a less than a minute difference. What is this? 20, 30 seconds and a lead that he retained for the final few minutes of the race and won in 243-38. A lead that he almost threw away by choking his Jabu execution. And holy <laughs> shit, if I've ever screamed at my monitor louder for Riley messing <laughs> with tricks. I, I would love to to hear what that sounds like. Like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he, was, he wasn't a happy camper for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I was talking to him after the match. I'm like, dude, you choked Jabu so hard. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so really hard so to stay nervous. calm in that situation. Like, dude, I'm telling you, once you hit go mode, it's like everything just starts. Like, you need like every single ounce of your energy to stay focused. And hit your execution, or else everything's just gonna fall apart. Like that's when mm -hmm. the nerve sits. Screw the beginning of the match. Go mode, and your opponent's not done. It's like, damn, I could win this. Like, and then one of you won too. Yeah, like it's it's stressful for sure. I mean, it, you just don't want your mistakes to lead to other mistakes, and I think that's a, true of any point in the seed, really. Like, you can get frustrated super easily in in a one v one. Assume you're way behind when maybe you're ahead. Like. It's tough mentally to to stay all in it too, and like you're saying, go mode can actually be pretty stressful. Hundred percent. So and Riley the, will be. Oh, go ahead. No, nah, I was just gonna say props to FMZ as well. I, he played absolutely amazing for somebody who plays on keyboard. He he did the entire trade quest and was only like a minute or so behind, like. He he was he was rocking and rolling. Very awesome to see. I hope that FMZ plays for years to come. Yeah. <laughs> it's too. a shame. It's a shame as well because like annoyingly for him and I guess for those that support FMZ, one of the biggest time losses they had this seed was big pose, and that was essentially exclusively due to being on a keyboard. You know, they lost a good minute and minute and a half trying to do big pose and that was all they lost by and I, I know it's very easy to sort of sit there and point at things that you lose to so, oh, i lost a minute here i lost a minute there it's all down to this but yeah it's just unfortunate that that in particular was something that took them a, a, a long time this seed um and yeah um, just just one of those factors that could have potentially uh brought it closer together but yeah, for Riley so, so. too. For Riley too. Like, if he had just said, "Okay, maybe I changed my mind. I'll just go get the Kukuri sword real quick. It's not that much time before mm. going back child to bomb the well." Like that could have easily happened. Um, yeah. In which case, FMZ might have been ahead. So <laughs> it's really just really tight. I think it's a really good showcase for why, like, or maybe even how, like all these really small decisions that might not matter in like a weekly setting as much if you're just playing for like maybe like top ten or something, top half. But like in a one v one, highly competitive environment, like doing like I don't know, bomb tree blowing, or doing big pose, like that that can cost you the whole race. And 
Uh, it's, it's great to see matches this this close to each other because to me that suggests like we're at a really nice spot uh, competitively. I think we've got a lot of really good players. I still don't think we've gotten quite to the peak of where we could be um, in terms of like overall performance, like for the whole tournament. But we're getting there, and we're getting there really fast. Like just even compared to season three, um, just we're so much farther <laughs> ahead, I think, competitively than than we were even then. Oh, the growth of the community has been ridiculous over the past year. There is like. I remember when the general consensus is was like the five gods of rando have like five minutes free on every runner, every seed. <laughs> and I don't think that's true anymore. I, I don't think that's true. I think the execution gap has closed so much to the point where, you know, they, they don't get that free five minutes when they race. And I think we're starting to see like so many players from all over the world like coming together and like you know sharing strats and improving the community and like it's really awesome to see honestly yeah i mean we have races how many times a day now like three four five all playing standards um even things among like beyond standard too uh whereas like even just a year ago i think it was like maybe one maybe two like one morning one evening and then he had ladder and that's like pretty much it for like an average day i want to say back then but yeah just the the growth has been exponential and finally uh the last match we'll be covering today fanatanked the ninth seed versus cariosa the fifth seed um fanatanked is a weird one i don't know i just don't know a whole lot about him i do know that he's a bingo main and he was in the OCS three playoffs. So he can play, he can play OT. <laughs> I think that's very clear. Yeah. Fanta tank is very, very good. He, uh, he frequents my chat a lot. So we, we discuss like theory and things like that. And it's been joked that Fanta tank is this year's Phoenix feather. I mean, Phoenix feather is still Phoenix feather, but essentially bingo main who, learns rando and just you know comes in near the top because they already have so much experience with the game like i love watching fanta tanks play he's very he's a very clean efficient player who has understood rando very very quickly so it's very fun to watch i think you could also kind of call them this year's cariosa as well in the sense that Last year, Cariosa, a bit of a low seed. Obviously, Fanta's rated a bit higher in terms of seedings, but no one really paid attention to them. And then all of a sudden, they were in like losers bracket round five. It's like, wait, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I, how did, who are you? How did you get here? And I feel <laughs> like that was exactly like Cariosa last year, where no one really gave Cariosa much thought. And then all of a sudden, they were like in the top four. So, oh shit. And I think that's kind of Fanta this year. Uh, I would argue that Ryukane is this year's Cariosa. Yeah, that's but, also fair. But yeah, I, I think that you you could definitely make that argument. I'd go Fanta is this year's Phoenix and Ryukane is this year's Cariosa. 
But I mean, to, yeah. to get here too, like he had to beat Sanzo, Kevin, and then lost to What the Hells. But then, um, I mean, he beat Zupau was also very good. So yeah, definitely wasn't free. <laughs> Not easy for either of these runners. All right, so uh, it's a medallion start again. Uh, this time it's a forest medallion. Uh, I think that's the first one that we've had at least today, and it was also a Saria song start. And yeah, it was a uh, child spawn and market. Not a bad one. You get all the temple of time hints and possibly do child shootings, possibly just go straight to Lon Lon. Uh, but the two runners here, they went in completely opposite directions at the start. Very exciting uh, for Chad, at least. And uh, Kariosa, uh, they, he went adult immediately while Fanta stayed child and did Lon Lon to Kakari Forest. Um, Kind of what I would say is a more conservative play in, in S4, just kind of getting songs, going to places that you know you're going to go to anyway. Um, and so we got Dense Fire in the Kakuri Sword Chest. Fante returned to the market and got Hookshot from Child Shooting Gallery and a wallet from Richard the Dog before going adult. Pretty huge. And as adult, they both got Requiem from Temple of Time just straight off the bat and walked to CAC. They got 10 shoes from Adult Andrew, Strength from Dampe Race, and a Boomerang from the CAC Redead Grotto. And so they have a Hookshot, a Strength, a Boomerang, like a Dens they can't use. So uh, from this point, they just walk up DMT to Way of the Hero DC. Pretty easy decision. And they found the bow on the map chest. And with the bow, they were also able to get Strength 2 from Adult Shooting Gallery after DC. And so at this point, they have their forest supplies. And forest is a stone, though. So it's kind of like bittersweet <laughs> in a way. I always love getting the forest kit early on, but when it's stone forest, you're not necessarily going to rush it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they both checked Goron City and Crater, but they routed in the opposite direction. Kariosa walked up DMT and checked Goron City and ended up playing Bolero to get the crater song, which is ZL. And Fana started by playing Bolero and could hook shot over to the rest of Crater. Uh, that market advantage really just paying off for him. And so while in Goron City, Fana used strength to check the Medigoron hit with the bomb flowers and discovered his AD because Nocturne was on OT. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> there the are, I think the runners cheered here. There are so <laughs> many, so many examples of times where players have got hints in season four against their opponents who have not got the same hints and it's just the information difference has been absolutely wild oh and medigoron God. is a fine example of a hint that is sort of a coin flip in terms of who you think is actually going to go and get that hint on any particular seed um so i don't know how you feel about hints in season four sponge but it, it honestly seems like skipping hints can and can and has led to some devastating seats in terms of losses. Yeah, shout outs to CC. <laughs> no, the 50 skull hit. No. Up a river for the win. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it comes to hints, it's just. Because there are so many more hints in bad locations. Because you we 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 taken a lot of the easy hint stones out of the pool. So if you go to Deku, if you don't have Kukiri Sword for a while, the two 
Deku hints are bad. Back Lake is obviously bad. Valley, you don't always do every seed. There's one in Lake, so that, that's two hints that are bad. Like, you're going longer amounts of time without certain information. Like, I'm very frequently missing one of either 30, 40, or 50, like, two hours into an S4 seed. So, I, I generally prioritize hints in the early game when I'm missing information because there's no guarantee that I'm going to be able to get the information reasonably later. So do you check Mandigo on here with just strength? It's, it's tough to say because it depends on the day for me, honestly. It depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling risky, <laughs> maybe not. But most of the time, if I'm in a normal state of mind, I think I've gotten in the habit of just checking Medigoron when I'm in Goron City all the time, no matter what. Like, if I'm still missing information. If I have all my way to Hero and Baron, maybe not. But I mean, at this point, he had a bow, so uh, you can always just shoot the bomb flowers, and it makes it a little bit faster, um, even if you don't have bomb bags. So I, I think just for the time investment, this is a pretty good one to get. And if it has info that you don't think your opponent's going to get, it can be huge. Yeah, that's that's also another thing, the meta impact of checking hints. Cause sometimes you might want to do that. Like I I what I one thing I love to do is uh check the hints in Baron River because I know that nobody's gonna want to look at these hints. Mm-hmm. Like especially the one on top by the grotto. Like nobody's gonna want to come all the way up here to look at this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check this just to see if I can get a quick advantage here for not a lot of time loss. Especially if you don't have scale or iron boots, potentially. I mean, no one's getting that. Yeah, exactly. And so, Karyosa dipped fire without the hammer and dipped spirit without the hookshot. By this point, both runners, they were both down to one lucky chew. Fanta used his one lucky chew on the Lost Woods generic grotto and got an out of logic bomb bag. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fanta then went on to Stone Forest and found Hammer on the uh, I think it's the maze yeah I think it's the maze uh, Ice Witch chest yeah and so Cariosa having gone child and picking up the hookshot also went to Stone Forest still has that one bomb to believe and because he was not yet aware that it was all dungeons he got the hammer and left without finishing the courtyard um, so eventually he's going to come back and do that, but he just didn't know it at the time. They both went to fire after forest with the hammer and Karyosa only completed the BK loop before bailing to confirm scarecrows. Fansa kept climbing in fire and found the BK and the compass chest. He opted to finish climbing and found magic on the hammer chest before going to the boss with the scale on Volvagia as well. Deep fire. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, the time it takes you to do those checks is just not always worth it. But, like, here, when are you ever, ever going to come back to fire? I don't think they even had Four Oars Wind or Magic. Um, oh, 100%. 100%. It's a, it's a routing misplay to not finish fire there. It's actually a very similar checks per minute to. You're actually losing checks per minute if you bail at the compass chest. Yeah. 
So you're better off just finishing fire there. Yeah, definitely agree here. Um, as a very hard hater on fire, I fucking hate fire. Every part of it just blows for me. Um, <laughs> e- even I will finish it at that point. So I definitely agree with you. So at this point, Kariosa still didn't have a bomb bag. He played Requiem to reverse to buy a choose, and while in the area, decided to use his last chew to check the Colossus Fairy, which had Rudo's letter. Kariosa Damn. reverse, bought well, 10 more chews. <laughs> right? <laughs> These lucky yeah. chews. You just have to have one chew and it'll pay off. Just <laughs> check a random bomb lock location. You'll find an item, probably. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Karyosa reversed, bought 10 more chews, and entered GTG. He found Iron Boots on the right ledge and an additional 20 chews. So he was he was good on explosives for, for a bit. Karyosa yeah. um, returned to fire, finished the dungeon 22 minutes behind Fanta, 110 versus 132. Um, and Fanta picked up the Rudo's letter and cleared as much of spirit as he could before returning child. On the way to Jabu, he found gold scale on bomb chew bowling. Um, so he found strength three on the Jabu map chest as well, and Ferora's win on the compass chest. Fanta was about five minutes ahead of Kariosa beating Baronade, 146 versus 151. So really, the bomb bag didn't really matter that much and in terms of their routing and time they've taken in the routes thus far, but Fanta still had the small advantage, uh, having finished as well Stone Forest. So they both went to weigh the hero Ganon's castle with strength three. They also just kind of put that off for a while. Um, I know a lot of players have really just whatever they can, just any seed, just try and even if Ganon's is way the hero, like just put it off forever so you can one trip it or, or two trip it if you have to come back if w- without Ferrora. Is that, I don't know. Wh- what are you guys' thoughts on, on Ganon's specifically? Uh, I, w- when Ganon's is way the hero, I, this is why I really, uh, like the fact that I have hookless spirit trial in my arsenal of tricks, because <laughs> I don't have to worry about three tripping Ganon's, like, ever. Like, unless I have to come back for shadow trial two specifically to get strength three to come back to do light trial, most of the time Ganon's is a two tripper. So... Yeah, that, that's kind of the way I feel about it. It's just like... It could be like, like Spirit Temple. It, it's honestly like Spirit Temple, where there's like this one side, which is like Child Side, which is like the... Everything not Light Trial. And then there's like the main part of Ganon's, which is the part that most frequently has items, which is like sort of equivalent to Adult Spirit. That's kind of the way I feel about Ganon's Castle in S4. Generally, I quite like Ganon's Castle. Um, as you say, if it's way of the hero, it's like the temptation to go there without everything is quite strong anyway, even if it's just like the five, six early first checks. Um, I have seen a lot of people wait until strength three, or at least just trying to find strength three before going to Ganon's and sort of doing the one clear. Um, but yeah, if it's if it's way of the hero, I will dip it in the next ideal opportunity you know if i'm around an age change or if i've got prelude after just finishing a dungeon without another way of the hero or progressive dungeon to do then i'll just dip it at that point i think something that i've enjoyed seeing and this is sponge just mentioned is hookshotless strats um for the spirit trial i think that's really good and um 
I'm surprised more people haven't done that because I think it's it's more likely to pay out than waste your time and just the knowledge of knowing that you potentially don't need to follow up on that and you, you then you just know it's either like you know strength three locked or shadow two if you don't find anything it's it's, it's huge knowledge yeah i mean i kind of feel the same way um that jump by the way he's a lot in beta quest i think and not much mm-hmm. else <laughs> not a whole lot else because they're it's basically super decoupled where every entrance can go anywhere for the most part. It's a set thing, but, um, you know, Ganon's castle trials, you might not be there forever and it's vanilla and beta quest. So, you know, where you're getting out of spirit trial, which is usually bomb shoes. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a weird, usually people haven't had to worry about it because it, it was always on six meds. And at that point you have all the items anyway, you at least have a hook shot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> almost no way you don't have a hook shot there so I, I think it's probably why people don't do it but um moving it down to two medallions is kind of a weird spot i think for ganon's um kind of i kind of kind of liking the uh the four med weeklies that we've been running it just they just feel really good in terms of routing so you don't pretty much never have to like rush ganon's for like first whatever like first bomb bag on like water trial or something or or what have you so i I think here on two meds, it's a lot harder to really determine when you should go. But in general, I, I think I agree with Sponge that it's usually a two tripper. Now the runners here, so they go in way of the hero, Ganon's castle with strength three, and they find light arrows and they find long shot both in light trial. So finding the way of the hero long shot with barren stone water and nothing in GTG except iron boots. Uh, made Cariosa realize it had to be AD, uh, even if he didn't get the hint. So, um, Fanta went straight to water with gold scale, while Cariosa went to finish forest. Fanta picked up Nocturne and picked or checked the first two chests in shadow, finding mirror shield on the map chest in shadow, um, and fighting twin Rova by the time that Cariosa was on Phantom Ganon. And so, after forest, Cariosa dipped spirit for a second time without mirror shield before going to water. He also had to briefly leave water after finding a BK in order by a Hylian shield <laughs> to make the jump to raise the water level. That was pretty wild. <laughs> you know, I've never ever considered the idea that I might not have a shield to yeah, do that. Right? Jump. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just you wouldn't think, right? But I guess he just there wasn't any in any chest and he didn't buy one, so Kind of unfortunate for him, but um, Tana picked up the Song of Storms from Burning Cack and went to clear the well. Found the hover boots in the coffin room to beat Shadow, and after Shadow, he cleared GTG before heading to Ice, where he found the Kakuri Sword in the Iron Boots chest. So that was go mode for him at 255, and really for all these like kind of reasons that we've lined up here, like he was five minutes ahead um, of Cariosa beating Baronade, and really from there, just didn't have any problems, and having to go buy a Hylian shield for, for Water Temple, like it just all of this added up to where Fanatank was just clearly ahead and he finished in first place, 305.57. GG's. Yeah, GG's to Fana, who knocked out someone I thought would potentially make the top four again. I think Karyosa had been really strong um, in the qualifiers and leading up to the, the brackets. So, yeah, I'm really impressed with Fana. Look forward to seeing 
how far they can go at this stage. You know, it's oh, they're also British, so it means that I'm naturally biased towards cheering them on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, makes sense. I, I makes have sense. that as well. I wonder, is this the farthest a uh, player from the UK has made it in the season tournament brackets? I would have you know to go that? back to season one and see how Monstrous did, but probably. I think Monstrous is out in the first two rounds, I believe. Yeah, so. I'm pretty, I, I know it was only 16, not 32, back in season one as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain this is the furthest anyone from the UK has got outside of Monstrous. But then I'm almost certain this is the only person from the UK that's been in the past two seasons. So... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there is there is that. Yeah, so that does it for the season four match coverage, at least for today. Um the next matchups here in the bracket, winners finals. It's what the hells versus sponge. And that's gonna be on Friday, March nineteenth. Not sure when the podcast is gonna come out, but probably at least a day or two before then I'd imagine. So uh look forward to that one as well. And also, Ryu Kane versus Riley. That's going to be uh, to this Tuesday coming up on the 16th of March. So that will likely happen before the podcast episode is out. But uh, we will be covering that as well as the PKR and Fanatank match in Losers Round 6 on the next episode for sure. Um, and so with I that... I, I, oh, I was yeah. going to say, I'd ask for your predictions on the matches, Sponge. I'm fairly sure what you're going to predict on at least one of them. Um, and the other has quite a bias <laughs> behind it. <laughs> so, uh, but no, dude, no, for, for, for real though, what are your thoughts on who, at least the, for the losers bracket, I won't, I won't ask you to predict a winner between you well, and someone else. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm going to pick myself for the, the one with mm-hmm. me in it because I am confident in my play, but yeah, for, so. for the, the two losers matches, I'm going to go with Riley because he's my boy. Super duper biased. I know, but, Riley has said that at his goal this tournament is to get a match versus me or a match versus or a rematch against what the hells, which means losers finals at least. So I'm he's excited, he's motivated, he's very confident. I I give Riley that match. And for PKR versus Fanta Tanked, I love both of these runners, but I'm gonna go with Fanta Tanked. I think that he has a ton of momentum right now and he's really just he he's super like i don't know i i love watching him play i just think that like every his thought process for rando is really really strong not that not to say that pkrs isn't particularly but the pkr and fanta think differently about routing and i think that i prefer fantas personally so Fair enough. Emo? Um, as for me, my prediction... I mean, my bracket prediction is still going strong at rank number seven, so I think I just have to stick to that for now. Um, which... Let's let's see here. Well, I didn't, I didn't predict Spongebob to get this far, so I'm already wrong, but... <laughs> I mean... Uh, don't, don't, pay, don't pay... That was months ago, Spongebob. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, I did predict what the hell's. I, I still think he's probably going to win the tournament. Um, 
just based on how everything is kind of laid out here, but I, I think the grand finals is going to be Sponge versus what the hell's. I, I, I really do. Um, just two really good runners, and I don't really know who's going to make it out of loser's bracket outside of that, but at this point, I got to say it's probably going to be Fanta. It's just been oh. super solid. Um, so, I mean, uh, it's either a fan or a sponge. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> prove me wrong. Prove See, me wrong. On the predictions that didn't actually, I put my predictions in Chalons, but they never saved because of reasons. Um, in that predictions, I actually had the grand finals being what the hells versus sponge. But I didn't have this match because I had sponge losing to marco but then going all the way through the losers bracket to then face what the hell's happened in the grand finals um so i guess theoretically this is the grand finals that i would have predicted at the time and i predicted that what the hell's happened would win the tournament so i'm gonna stick with that not because of you know there's pretty much no other reason other than that i just I think what the hell's is going to win, and that's it. It's not. I. I it could be against anyone, but that's just that's just what I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with Ryu. Um, for Ryu versus Riley, I. I don't think Riley has had a substantial victory against anyone. I think they have won by like a few minutes against the past three or four races they've been in. I might be wrong, but that's. A, a, from memory, I know that they've they've definitely. I know FMZ was a couple of minutes, and I think it's been quite close between everyone else. And I don't know. I think Ryu has the potential to just take that from Riley in that sense. And then PKR Fanner, I'm going to have to go with Fanner just because, again, I have to support the hometown boy. Um, that's <laughs> nothing on PKR at all. I think PKR has been a revelation this season with second seeding. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Fanner just because of natural English bias. And I've got to have something support being from England. So All I'm going to say is that Riley was this close to being what the hells. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Don't sleep yeah, but, on Riley. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> not, not, definitely not. But I just think, yeah, as I say, I think every single match with Riley has been really close for one reason or another. Um, and I don't know. I just think that Ryu is someone That's that fair. could potentially trip him up. That's fair. Yeah. I see. Bunch of doubters <laughs> here in the, in the <laughs> podcast booth. I gotcha. <laughs> we're, we're doubting our uh, former co-host uh, and, just like, <laughs> and just like that sponge never wanted to be on the podcast again oh no it's just, no 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 it's i i always root against my friend because if they win hey that's great they win and if they lose i'm right <laughs> it's great <laughs> it's great either way so um Good old hedging your bet <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i Really, though, I, I think all four of these people in the losers bracket of the, the tournament right now, just it could go either way. Any of the matches and the match that go that, that it kind of feeds into, it, it literally could be anybody that wins, and I wouldn't be too surprised. And like we were saying before, I think the competitive field in general is just super tight. I think, what was it, the top... Two or three pages. I know the top, like uh, the second page on standings for um, qualification season 
it was within a hundred points for the second page. Mm. <laughs> Whereas like season three, I think it was like had to have been bigger than that. I think because, that was a much bigger gap than season yeah, three. Yeah. Ju- just based on that, like it just it's just crazy to think about in terms of how much the community has improved. So either way, it's gonna be a lot of exciting matches. I hope you all are excited for it. I know I am. I know I think we all are here. Um Hell yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be an exciting week for sure. And before we go, just wanna do a quick shout out to the Challenge Cup. They had their bracket reveal featuring Chimp's hands. Featuring my Sunday. wonderful hands. I'm very <laughs> hand proud of reveal. My hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hand, re- hand reveal was the groups, you know. We've already been there with hand reveal, but people wanted them back. So I've got Oh, I know how that went, Champ. Don't remind yeah. me about that. Yeah. Hey, it went great. What are you talking about? That was an amazing group. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not my fault you didn't get out of it. <clears throat> my Melrose, um, me, Zeph <laughs> Anvil group. Come on quality but yeah we had our bracket reveal uh obviously we're now in the top 32 of that tournament as well um already had some matches we've had some strong victories from people such as zephyr who won today t2 just sam has won arthur Udini has won flu Floosh has beaten melrose as we've already mentioned cola who i think is going to win the whole thing uh, Tenth Doctor one and Hell Knight, the of course one of the organizers. They beat the Aeronaut, who was one of my sleeper picks for the uh, fantasy draft that we did way back when. Sad to see Aeronaut go out so early, but there we are. So that's uh, that's kicking off. That's going nice and strong. Same sort of scheduling rules as the main tournament, so they are going to be coming in thick and fast. Plenty of good matches, and the really looking forward to the sort of the best of threes on the semifinals and the finals, as we saw from last year, the challenge cup winner and second place seed, who, which was pink Katie Rose and Zupal both ended up in the season four main bracket. So a potentially a huge indication um, of, you know, whoever that might be ending up in the season five main bracket. If, uh, if that follows that pattern. So yeah, plenty going on there. Check it out. If you have the time and there's, Zelda happening pretty much every goddamn day and can't stay on top of it. Um, God only knows if we were to try and cover all of those matches as well, we'd be here till Tuesday. So, yeah, tons going on and some real quality matches coming up this week. All right, great. Um, so, yeah, that will do it for this week on the podcast. Uh, thanks again to our guest, The Salty Sponge, for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was talking rando. Also, a special thanks to Ronan Recordings, our editor and our script writer, Winnie Demon. We would not be here without them. So, thank you so much. And we'll see you all next time on the Gossip Stone Podcast. <laughs>